Blog Talk Radio. Back 
to the finals. Now, you know for two years it's been a drag if you're a Warriors fan. And I'm a true Warriors fan, but it's been a, like, you know, more a Steph Curry fan. But I've been, like, it's been just this two years has just been, like, ah, uh, it's been painful for Warriors fans, right? But, I mean, you, it, I mean, basketball has gotten excited again this year. It was so exciting to watch the Warriors just go for broke. And see, my girl Heidi, okay, Heidi, shout out to Heidi, okay. My girl Heidi, who she always, uh, we used to work together years ago when I was a, when I was a young girl at Casual Corners. <laughs> I think it was Casual. I think Heidi was, I think it was Casual Corners. And, uh, she found me on Facebook, and you know what? She had written me, and I didn't even see her write me like till about a year or so later. And I wrote her, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm sorry, I miss you." Well, turns out like she's a Warriors fan, and me and her, we'd be so hyped, we'd be writing each other, DMing each other, like, oh, "Did you see the game? Did you?" Da, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we're so we're always so psyched. And then plus my little group on little guy uh, group I talked to on uh, the sports group. I talked to on Instagram. I mean, I haven't been able to brag for the last couple of years, but damn it, we're back. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm hyped, okay? Really hyped about the Warriors and that the Warriors are doing so well, man. That is that's just great news if you're a Warriors fan, okay? Also, what else is going on this week? Oh, my goodness. Hold on here. Um, this week... Let me see, you guys. Uh, hold on, let me pick something out here. Okay, so this week, what did I have up? Y'all see, I, I, now I got a show tonight, and I'm all confused. See, because I haven't been having a show for the last couple of times that I talked to y'all, but now I got a show, and it's all rattling and stuff. Because <laughs> I'm used to talking to y'all off the cuff, okay? Okay, so, yeah, so that's so good. That's good about my week. Next thing, I did tell y'all I made straight A's last week, right? Did I tell y'all? Did I tell y'all? Can I tell y'all again? <laughs> Six classes, I made all A's, bitch. Yes. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. Super proud. Super, super, super proud. <laughs> okay, so yes, yes. I'm becoming quite the student, uh, right, some, uh, you know, a couple of semesters from my graduation, okay? Well, no, uh, no, one semester from my graduation, okay? couple of semesters, I mean, I've been coming quite the student since the fall. I've been, like, quite the student, right? Like, the, I'm, I think I'm hyped because I'm graduating in December. <laughs> and it's so, and shout out to so many of y'all who want to, Come to my graduation. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. Some people wrote me, and some people want to come to my play that I'm going to kind of direct next semester. So I'm going to make sure that I shout y'all out when it's time. Okay, I don't know about graduation. I don't know how many you know tickets you get, but yeah, but the show, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, yes, yeah, shout out to those uh, people who wrote me, and shout out to Susie. Oh my God, I talked to Susie a little bit last night. Now, for those of you. Susie's a oh y'all know Susie who used to call into the show old fan of the show came in with my MJ fans a lot of, I still have a lot of MJ fans who listen to me Michael Jackson fans you know started this show everybody knows the story if you've been riding with me since the beginning y'all know the very beginning when my mommy used to come over here remember my mommy and me used to do a show together God that was funny okay so like you guys have been knowing. Uh, well, she didn't, we didn't do a show. She used to come on as my guest, right? And uh, we started doing the Michael Jackson Alive series, 
Oh, my God. That's how far Susie goes back. So shout out to Susie. I talked to you. She wrote me the other uh, day. She's always been a listener, always called in through the Paul, through when it was Paul and Brandy. I'm going to try to get Paul on here soon, too, y'all. It's just I've been doing the shows late at night, so I know Paul will be busy. So I'm going to try to do a show where I'm going to try to get Paul and Brandy. We do one show for y'all together, maybe, you know. I'm sure I can get them. We can come together, you know, we can come together one Saturday and do y'all show <laughs> with our crazy asses, okay? So especially with all the insanity going on out here, okay? So uh, definitely I'm going to try to get that going. But, uh, yeah, so, so far, so good. I'm relaxing this week. I, you know, I came from San Francisco a couple weeks ago, the night tour. Oh, speaking of the night tour, somebody's birthday is today. My fave, Maxwell's birthday is today. Happy birthday, Maxwell. Okay, so y'all know how I was gushing over Janet last week. Stay tuned. I'm going to gush over Maxwell. Okay, I know I was hard on him last week. I was hard because I didn't like uh, the lady in my life, even though a lot of y'all did. I didn't like it on, <laughs> on uh, uh, what is it? I liked it so-so when I went back and listened to it so-so, but still I was still agreeing with what I said. But, I, you know, I didn't like it because I see him perform the Grammy one. It's like I'm, co- I'm comparing, <laughs> and I just didn't like it as much, okay? So, yeah, but this week is going to be a full gush fest because it's his birthday, okay? So we're talking about Maxwell when uh, when I uh, get back on, uh, when we come back in. But, you know, right now it's not going to be a break yet. Okay. ASAP, Rocky, and Rihanna had a baby this week. Congratulations, Rihanna had a baby boy. Isn't that so cute? Oh, my God, that is the sweetest, okay? So Rihanna is a mommy now. Wow. Man, I remember when she first came on the scene. Oh, my goodness, okay? So, with, um, I don't know. We're not going to talk about that later on. That's why I put it up front into the show. Uh, I guess now, what's the next thing? It's a word. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a word this week. It's simple. You know, I put something up this week on, I mean, was it today? Did I put it up today? Let me look. I think it was today. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think it was today I put it up. Oh, here, here, let's look. Uh, hold on here. Let's see when I put it up. Y'all, it's kind of crazy tonight. Y'all going to have to bear with me a little bit. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, man, do I have to look on the other? Oh, goodness. Okay, let's see here. Kind of having a freeze fest here. Okay. It's a pause. Never pause on air, but I do all the time. <laughs> okay, so uh, this week, where did I put up? Where did I put up? Um, let's see here, guys. Okay, so I put up this uh, meme, which I, I liked. I like this little quote. It says, it will never be perfect. Make it work. Life. (laughs) Right? It will never be perfect. Make it work. Life. And then I put word for today. Smile. Be grateful. Play your hand. Your cards are better than you think, even if they're not all the cards you thought you should have in life. Okay? So, you're like, some. you know, some of you guys might be thinking, okay, Carlotta, 
What does that mean? Do, should we not go for better? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying play your debt because your debt will get you better. Sometimes, you know, if you're really good, like my family, my especially my dad's side of family, my family is spades. My mama taught me how to play spades when I was young, okay? So spades, because when you sit down at the table with real spades players, you got to know how to play. You got to know how to play, play. Even if you got a bad hand, you got to know how to work that bad hand, anticipate what the next player is going to do, anticipate when you can get the most out of something as little as a jack. <laughs> you know, I can make a jack a book. It's hard, but I can't because I, I'm kind of intuitive to what's going on in the game, who's got what. If you're watching the, you're watching the players, you're, watching, you're looking around and stuff like that, you can say, shit, you know, I'm not, you, it's surprising when you do, but you got to be a really good-ass player to do that. But that's what you have to do in life. Sometimes in life you deal things like nine of hearts, jack of hearts. <laughs> If you're playing a game of spades in life, okay? So let's, I'm comparing life to spades, but y'all know what I'm saying. Sometimes you're dealt a hand that's not so great, right? And you're trying to figure out how do I play this hand to the best of my ability so that I start winning and I start gaining what we call in spades books. Um, you do that methodically, slowly. Watching other, watching the people, watching other players around you, how they move. You learn how to best move with what you're giving in a deck, just by watching and be observe, being observant. And in spades, it's being observant of other players. And life, it's being observant of moments in life. Okay, and so uh, let me just say this: you're a work in progress. Life is not going to always be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Trust me. You know, you're not. I had one of my friends. I said to y'all the other, one of my friends, good friends, told me, said, you know what? You know, it's not gonna be always perfect. You're not gonna always. You're not gonna always be the nice person in the situation. You're not gonna always be. Sometimes you're gonna be the the bad person. <laughs> sometimes, and you're gonna learn from that lesson. Sometimes you're gonna be the great person. But one thing is, one thing, it's not always gonna be perfect. You're here in life to learn lessons. Okay, and so play the hand that you got and be, most of all, be grateful because being grateful helps you have more wisdom and helps you become more observant. I have to remind myself of that because there are times when I be ungrateful. There's times I be mad at myself and shit. You know, I'm a Virgo moon, so I be picking at myself. But I have to realize that there are things there is, I have been given a really great hand. Right, and I need to learn how to play it and observe how I play it in life. Okay, and so that's what. And some of you, sometimes you're, sometimes people have been dealt bad hands at the beginning of their life, right? And you're like, Carlotta, I was dealt bad hands. I was dealt terrible things and stuff like that. And I've been there. You know, one would have said, "Hey, look at my life," and say, "Uh oh." I mean, there's some things you guys can't. You can't even possibly know about me. I share with you guys some things, but I mean, good, my goodness, one day I'm going to share with you some more of my story. But, you know, I was blessed enough to have grandparents that took up the slack, but some kids aren't. And some people are dealt uh, uh, hands. You know, I was dealt with, I was I was not raised by either parent, you know. Um, and it, and it, it, it was different, you know, growing up. But I will tell you that, 
because of that, that's made me more have more empathy and understanding in life and uh, um, understanding of other people's situation. You know what I'm saying? Because you might not, it may, your life may start off looking like a deck that's hard. Some of you may have been dealt a deck, and your deck may be molestation, may be rape, may be all kinds of terrible things. But you have got to, what I would say to you is learn how to play that hand. Because you, even though that's a terrible thing, and I know that's a hard thing to get over, you you might have been, you might have went through it so that you can help somebody else or that you can stop something, a situation, or that you can give warnings to families or parents and stuff like that, all kind of things. There's always a reason why we walk through some situations. And at the time, shit, it ain't, it don't be easy to understand some of the stuff I went through in life. I'd be like, damn, I don't understand. I still sometimes, I still don't understand it. But when you do come to an understanding of the lesson uh, or the plan that God has for you, when you do come to a realization that that thing you went through was preparing you for something greater or bigger or to help somebody, it just all it, it all will make sense for you. And so I just want to encourage you today to understand your work in progress, and it will not be perfect. It will never be perfect. Life is not perfect. You know, what's the most perfect thing you can dream of? <laughs> Didn't say oh. <laughs> Y'all know how you people... In love, you get Denzel Washington. His ass ain't going to be perfect. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying it will never, you can think of the most beautiful scenario. You live in a mansion, two kids, blah, blah, blah. It will never be perfect. There will always be some shit coming at you. Life is about living a journey, Good, good mostly good days, I believe, sometimes, for some. And sometimes they'll be bad. Sometimes there'll be rain. But listen, just be grateful for the beautiful times. And you know what I'm saying? And be grateful even for the bad times, even though that's hard as heck sometimes. And it's hard when you're going through something. It's hard to see the good. I understand. But stay encouraged and understand that you that you that there's a plan. There's a guy's got a plan at the end of it, okay? So that's my it's a word for today. I hope y'all love it. I hope y'all liked it. I hope y'all got something out of it, okay? So when I get back, oh, my God, it's Maxwell's birthday. Okay, so because I gushed on Janet, you know how much I love Janet, right? Y'all, t- I told y'all that last week. So I got to tell y'all, for those of you who don't know, most of the people who listen to the show know my Maxwell story. But I want to tell you a little extra tonight about Maxwell and how I became a huge Maxwell fan because it's his birthday, right? And we're going to talk about I'm going to talk about things. If somebody knows, uh, like you know Maxwell out here, are you a Maxwell fan, send it to them. These are things that you should know about turning 49, Maxwell. I need to tell you. Because I think, what, what am I, like six months and 21 days older than Maxwell or something like that? So I need to tell you about things you can learn about turning 49. And then we're going to get into hot topics. Oh, my God, there's so many hot topics out in these streets we got to talk about. China is tripping. <laughs> China talking a lot of shit. We need to be keeping our eye on Joe Biden's crazy ass, okay? Because today he said he's he's stumbling over his words and talking shit to China. We ain't we ain't we ain't ready for that that smoke yet, <laughs> all right? And then uh, Stacey Abrams' speech was pretty interesting, so we're gonna talk about that. And Mike Pence wants to run for president. Mike, sit your ass down, okay? And also uh, we're gonna talk about Billboard awards ratings. Loan. 
pretty low, okay? We're going to talk about that and a whole a lot more on hot topics when we get back. Late night hot, 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 hot topics. Meanwhile, okay, wait a minute. Listen, everything is acting out right now. <laughs> y'all like, Carla, what is acting out? Everything, okay? I'm telling y'all. Um, let me see if I can get it. I'm telling you my... I think it's just wanting to go crazy right now. Okay. We'll get it. We'll get it going. Technical difficulties. <laughs> but it's all good, okay? It happens from time. It happens all the time on this show. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Do I got it up? All right. I've had it so smooth, too. It never goes smooth. All right, so we're going to play, uh, this is Maxwell's birthday, okay? We're going to play one of my favorite songs by Maxwell that Maxwell never seems to play in concert. I don't know what the issue is, but he never plays it in concert. You know, perhaps one day I'll go to a concert and this song will play. And I will be so ecstatic that it is. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Are we acting up now? Okay, here we go. Okay, so... What we're going to listen to, oh, gosh, what is going on? My, You guys, you know, it's going crazy right now, okay? My whole little uh, show. But we're going to be we're gonna be all right, despite the technical difficulties. All right, is it up? Okay. Yes, the song that I love, one of my favorite songs from Maxwell, one of my favorite videos from Maxwell, Let's Not Play the Game. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta, and I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
original confunction with my damn love train. I wanted y'all to hear the original. Original. Remember last week I said I was gonna try to find the original for y'all so y'all could hear. The original is tough. The original. I mean, they do a good job. I don't like the ring a ding a ling. I hate that part. <laughs> when he added ring a ding a ling in there. But they Silk Sonic did a great job. But it's still, you know, it cannot, they can't fuck with confunction, though. Woo, they can function. Woo, okay. But they did a good job. All right, so it's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I am back, and we're doing Hot Topics Late Night. It is my fave's birthday. You guys heard before confunction, let's not play the game, Maxwell. Okay, so y'all know my two favorite artists are Janet Jackson, which her birthday was last weekend. Happy birthday. Well, I already said happy birthday to Janet, okay? Y'all know how I feel about Janet. Now y'all got to hear about how I feel about Maxwell. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, you know, it's hard to believe that we're 49. Oh, my gosh, 49. Okay, so... I have got to say, I always tell you guys about the story about when I first saw Maxwell, you know, when I do the reviews, okay, when I first saw him in concert. But what I did tell you is when I first noticed Maxwell, okay, uh, I believe even on Vibe Magazine, like Vibe, uh, Vibe Magazine had a, back in the day, a show that used to come on, uh, it was short-lived. It was a very short-lived show, but they used to have a late-night show, Vibe, and they had a couple of people. I forget who host started off hosting Vibe. I want to say Magic Johnson hosted the show. I think he started off hosting Vibe, and then they went to they went to a couple of, through a couple of hosts, and one of them was Chris Spencer. I can't remember, but it it, it whatever it was, it didn't work out very well. The Vibe magazine uh, show, but one night I was up. And Layla Rashawn was on. I can remember this. Young girl watching it. Layla Rashawn's on. And then they say they're going to have, a, I guess he says he's going to talk to Maxwell or something like that. And I remember paying attention, but not really paying that much attention because I will tell you, Urban Hank Suite was not the first album I bought of Maxwell's, okay? So um, when he comes on the screen, I'm going past, I think, I can remember myself going past, like, downstairs in our house and going past the screen, and this guy comes on, and they still have this interview. You can see it on YouTube, and he's so dark and gorgeous. I'm like, whoa. You know, I stopped. I said, let me stop and listen. <laughs> right? So I'm stopping listening. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so, I, so I'm listening to him talk, and he's just really interested. I mean, he's saying some really interesting things. I didn't even know what the fuck he was talking about because they were asking about Urban Haynes through Sweet. And I remember he was telling a story about I thought it was a strange story because I remember he told the story about the bathroom, like him meeting a girl in the bathroom or something when he worked at the movie theater. It was a weird story. But I remember going to myself, okay. <laughs> but I remember thinking, he's pretty fascinating. But I didn't really pay much attention still. I was like, eh. And I would see Maxwell over, like, you know, with the Urban Hainsweed and the, the, uh, the what's it, the, uh, the what's it, the, the MTV Unplugged, which I really liked. But it wasn't until Embrya, he did this video for Embrya, which was Maybe You. Okay? One of my favorite songs by Maxwell is Matrimony. Was it Matrimony? Maybe You or whatever? I, that's one of the first songs I really paid attention. I paid attention to "Should Not Realize" and something, something. I knew all about those, but I didn't really. It wasn't. It didn't really click for me. <laughs> 
I mean, I liked it, but I was like, okay, this is this cute song. But it was Embrya, really, the album that I really, really loved. So I went and got, and it wasn't Embrya. It was I didn't hear the album. I had heard uh, the um, the uh, what was it? The out the song uh, of Matrimony. And I saw the video, and I loved the video. It was so dope the way he did the video. For some reason, I had an affinity for the video. I was like, this video is so dope. I, re- I just really loved the video, and I liked how he merged. Like, it was like like older people and young. It was young, went the beautiful, different shades of women in the video and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, I'm going to go get that record. And I remember going to get Embrya, and I remember playing the shit out of Embrya. Like, I loved it. I was like, that shit, this is dope, right? But I still wasn't really, like, far into Maxwell, but I liked him. I was like, damn. But I had a friend named Gayla who was crazy about Maxwell, and she had been telling us forever, you don't see Maxwell, you don't see Maxwell. So we thought she was nuts. Like I told you, we were like, okay, you know, we, I bought the Embrya album. Yeah, we, he's cute. <laughs> I like him. I'm a fan, right? But I don't think I was saying how much of a fan because I played the shit out of Embrya. I used to play it a lot. So I like this woman's work a lot. I used to play the hell out of this woman's work. And I was working at, well, I used to work for Hallmark Ticketmaster, right? And so I worked, part of the thing job there was working for Ticketmaster. I used to do uh, tickets and sell tickets and stuff. And so Maxwell was coming into town. I was like, shit, I'm just going to buy these tickets. I got like six of my girlfriends. There's about six or seven of us. We bought front row seat tickets, 2001, now album was out, and we were like, we're going to see Maxwell. Seven of us sitting in the front row, we were all like, yeah, he, Alicia, Alicia Keys was kind of hot at the time. She was coming out with Fallen or whatever. We were like, we want to see his ass finally, okay? So Gayla can't quit talking shit because Gayla lived out of town at the time, so she couldn't, she couldn't come with us. <laughs> so we go see Maxwell, and we're like, fuck, he's fine. We, we I, like I told you, we just loved his vibe. He came out, he had a cap, he kept it on the whole time. <laughs> but he was, he had such a vibe. And it was so funny because we were all like, you know, because we're, it's like seven girls in the front row who are all friends, and we're all like staring at him like, damn. Like, I mean, we're all looking at him. And I think all the women in there were looking at him like he was a chocolate chip cookie or something, you know. And I think he was nervous kind of because you could feel it. Like every time the music would stop, and everything, I told y'all about them lighting them big-ass candles on stage, how we thought, we was like, is they putting a, is this some sort of aphrodisiac or something going on here? <laughs> because we, because we were like, we thought he was all fine. So, we're, except for one of my friends. One of my friends was like, eh, you know. But the rest of the, but most of us were under some sort of spell, we felt. <laughs> so, we're all sitting there, and we're looking at him, and he says the strangest thing, I can never forget this in concert, because I remember all of us, like, a couple of us looking at each other like, you know, like, I'll tell you what we said. He says, he's, he gets, it's real quiet, and it's in between songs. He's like, yeah, Kansas City. He said, wow, this is a really great place. I mean, you know, I could live here. And I remember me and a couple of my friends would look at each other and be like, get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> we were, I, every chance we got, we were in our 20s at that time, and every damn chance we got, we was trying to take a plane out. <laughs> So it was funny how we were seeing somebody said from, you know, from like New York and he was a singer and talking about he can live here. We thought that was the funniest shit, but we thought he was just really probably just nervous as fuck because we were all looking at him like we were literally about to jump on stage or something. So that is our first time seeing Maxwell. Now, one of the stories you guys, maybe I don't think I've ever told this story on here. Maybe I have. If I have, it was years ago. 
Okay, so afterwards, I almost met Maxwell. I was two minutes from meeting Maxwell. I had a girlfriend at the time. We we all we went around like it was about three, four of us. Four of them like left, and was going, we were gonna all go out to dinner or something. And I think three of us stayed, or three or four of us stayed, and we tried to go. Like there's a place you can go around back at this particular venue they had, and we used to know because we used to meet everybody, right? And so we went around there. I was like, okay, let's see if we got. We gotta meet him. We gotta meet him. I was just. I was. I was just tripping. My girlfriend was like, okay, we'll go around there so you can meet him. I was like, I'm serious. No, no, we got to meet We got to meet this guy. And she's like, okay, you're acting like Gayla. <laughs> I'm like, no, we got to meet him. No, it's just like, we got to meet him. So we go around, and there is this these people who were with Alicia Keys. And a couple of them were her background or something like that. I remember them from the stage, and we were laughing. We talked to them. They were really nice and everything. And they were like, you know, Alicia hasn't come out, but we, no offense, but we really didn't care. <laughs> but he's the guy, one of the guys that was with the whole crew said, I'm going to make you really upset. And the girl was laughing, said, oh, God, she is going to be upset. He's like, you just missed him. He just literally walked out of here and left with his team. I was like, are we serious? He's like, like two minutes. <laughs> we were like, oh, no. I was like, two I was really hot, and so I think we went to this. My one of my girlfriends knew the hotel, and we went, and he was. They weren't there yet, or whatever. Are they in the lobby? I think we sat in the probably sat there for about five minutes, and we had to go meet some friends. But that's my true story. Never met Maxwell. Been to a lot of shows. Never met. Y'all would think I met Maxwell. <laughs> I've never, never did a meet and greet. I told y'all how I feel about meet and greets, right? So never did a meet and greet. Never none of that. And I have seen Maxwell since then a number of times, right? So uh, a lot of times. Y'all know a lot. <laughs> I'm a huge Maxwell fan, okay? So, okay, so the truth of the matter is one of the things, like I said about, you know, Janet, how Janet's my favorite artist. Well, Maxwell is my favorite artist for so many reasons, my favorite male artist, because Maxwell to me is a combination of old school and new school. I mean, it really looks like he honors the ancestors of R&B, like there is like a a true like a, a true connection to rhythm and blues, soul music. Even though I consider that Black American music, and he is Haitian and Puerto Rican. Even he's still Black, but he's Haitian and Puerto Rican. But I feel that he has such a connection to the music, like he is understand the like he understands it. And so that's one of the things I love, love, love about Maxwell as an artist. Um, yeah, he's good looking and stuff like that. That helps sell the music. But I just really love the vibe. I really actually, and I like the uh, how he comes across on stage, how uh, I, I think, so, you know, with a lot of male singers, that comes in the tradition to me of Marvin and Teddy, um, uh the great male ballad balladeers, I mean ballad people, are just great male singers who not only sold their, you know, their beautiful voice and vocals, but they can sell their sexuality and looks and everything, and he just has all of that. 
So I, you know, and especially he's a really a big throwback to Marvin for me. He has a lot of Marvin, I think. I feel like he has a lot of Marvin in him. And a little bit of, not just Marvin, a little bit of Sam Cooke. You can see a lot of, you can see some of Sam Cooke in Maxwell. So I, I appreciate that energy as an artist. So that is one of the reasons that Maxwell is one of my favorite artists, okay? Not just because, you know, he's beautiful, yes, but he really, he honors the tradition and the ancestors of soul music by doing great music himself, and I can respect that. Now, there are not, now, you know, I'm not a fan of all of Maxwell's songs, but some of, you know, most of his music, most of his catalog is really great, and I think my personal opinion is that we will not really catch the vibe or the greatness of Maxwell for, like, like people are catching on. People are, you know, like, Maxwell is one of those, like, I call him king of the underground. Even though he's real popular, he's still king of the underground because he's, like, he's, like, not, uh, like, he's not, like, really, like, um, how can you explain it? Because he takes so long in between albums and things like that, he is not like a um, like like a lot of male singers who put out records over and over again. He really is a, in the tradition of Prince and and people like Charday and people like that. He he really is um, rare and like has what I call like he's one of the he he kind of has a cult following to me. Just it's just still to me because he because he takes so long he. You know, to put, I remember I heard one blog say he could be A-list, but he takes so long in between albums, so he, you know, they don't consider, he's kind of like a weird, like, A-list artist, but he's really, he, he he's, a, he's, he's really famous, but he still doesn't, like, he doesn't have that crazy fame, you know, like, he's not pop, right, but he's, I think he's most, one of the most underrated and underappreciated artists of the 20th century, you know, and I think that it's going to take, like, in years, as years go by, I think Maxwell, has Maxwell even grows as an older man, I think we're going to appreciate Maxwell Rivera so much more. I really do. I really think that we'll appreciate and older things that he's done, like Embrya and stuff like that. So that is my Maxwell gushing. Since I was so hard on Maxwell last week, y'all, <laughs> some of y'all said, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, No. I was hard on him last week. So this week, I'm not going to bring up how hard I was. Yes, I did. I already brought it up. But I'm going to say those are the nice, those are the wonderful things I, believe, I like about Maxwell. Okay? So now, I want to do because thing because Maxwell is turning 49. He's turned 49 today. I've been 49 for like six months and 21 days, 22 days, 22 days. And I can give him, you know, Things you should know about turning 49. So if you guys, you know, you Maxwell girls who listen to me or fans or something like that, because I know I have some Maxwell fans who listen to me too, listen, tell Maxwell, I got advice for him about turning 49, okay? Okay, so turning 49, Maxwell, here's the big thing, okay? Turning 49 was scary for me. I, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, when I realized it was one year from 50. I mean, I, turning 45 was scary because I was like, five years. <laughs> and then turning 49 was like, oh, my God, right? And so now as I'm settled into 49, one of the things I tend to do that I hate that I do is skip 49. Like, I tend to always think about 50. 
Like I always tend to think about. So when you turn 49, sometimes you tend to forget that forget living out 49. Okay, because you're you see the five o five year five o is such a big. You know what I'm saying? It's a big number. It's like like a halfway point. Like you know what I'm saying? It's a huge ass number. You know, you know, or a third of your life, or however you know what it is. But it's a big ass number. Okay, for most people, and you're not. Young, but you're not old either, right? You're not old, old. You're not senior citizens yet. You're heading there. You're getting ready to get your first AARP card in about, you know, for me, it's about six months, almost six months or whatever, or whatever, stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, so sometimes you you tend to look for that uh, that moment in time. But, you know, one day I was, I was uh, sitting around and I was thinking, and I, I feel like I heard the voice of God say to me, do not discredit or, dis, you know, get, do not fail to live out 49. Quit skipping 49. And so I've been working on not skipping 49 because this is, this is the last year I will ever be in my 40s. Like, I won't see this anymore. So what I will say to you is appreciate the number 49, which is a, it ends up being, th- you add them up together, if you, you know, numerology person, 13, which 13 is a great number. I love 13. With Mary Kay Ash's number, great business, Mary Kay, great, great business one, Mary Kay Ash's favorite number. I think it's Maxwell's one of his favorite numbers. I like 13. 13 is such a good number. It gets a bad rep, but I like 13, okay? So, uh, I will say enjoy this last year of your 40s, okay? Don't think of 50 so quick. This is the, this is, this is the year. This is the last year you will ever be 40-something. Enjoy the moment, okay? And let me tell you something. I have, I've had some of the best things happen to me <laughs> since my 40s have happened. <laughs> my 40s have been dope. I don't know. And they're getting better. It seems like it's getting better. As it goes along, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so uh, always, uh, always uh, uh, don't don't forget 49. Remember to live in live out your last year of being 40 in your 40s because you'll never come this way again. Okay. And the next thing is maintain the sexy, or even or try to get it back. Okay, <laughs> if you don't have it, but in his case, is maintain the sexy. Okay. Uh, we live in the best time to be in our middle life, midlife years. Okay. There are so listen. My grandmother in her back in her day when my grandmother was growing in her forties, my grandmother didn't look her age in her forties. I mean, I remember people used to say, "What?" You know, to her and everything. So, but that was unusual. My grandmother was kind of youthful grandma, and she, you know, she's still kind of youthful. You know what I'm saying? In her 80s, but she was really youthful in her like 40s. My my grandmother used to wear like Skechers and <laughs> name brand shoes. <laughs> You know, my grandma was hip, and she still be trying to be hip in her 80s here and there. You know, she got her little Nikes and little stuff like that, her little boots and stuff. She'll try to be a little hip going to church and all that stuff. But she was a hip girl, you know what I'm saying? And she she maintained fashion. She was a fashionista. You know, as she gets older, she doesn't, you know, she she's still a fashionista, but she doesn't care as much as she did when she was younger, except when she's going to church or something like that. But most of her life, she's been a fashionista, okay? Maintaining the cuteness, the sexiest, except, you know, when she got really sick and stuff like that, but slowed her down a little bit. 
But one of the things is we're in that her her time, she was ahead of her time, right? It was unusual for 40-somethings to be looking like her and acting like her. But we live in a time where in our 40s we're looking younger, we're feeling better, there's more advancement in medicine and and health and everything like that. And as a man, that's why it is important to maintain your health. Make sure you're going to doctor's appointments because as you get older, you know, you got to maintain your health, which is my, my next thing is about. But your 40s, we're, we live in the best time to maintain our sexiness. We can go to, you can get, okay, listen, for, you can go get surgeries. <laughs> I'm even looking at a surgery myself. I'm looking at a surgery right now. Listen, I'm telling you, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> Not on my face, though, because I don't feel like I, my face needed. But I am looking at somewhere else. But listen, I'm telling y'all, and I will tell y'all about it if I decide to do it, okay? But I'm telling you, I mean, this is a, we live in the best time to be in our middle years. And so this, enjoy it because we have been born in such a time where it is great to be 40-something. And it's great to go ahead towards the 50s, okay? So, uh, yeah, so... Maintain the sexy. Maintain your, uh, your, 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 uh, yes, your, your looks and your and your vibe and your uh, and your uh, not just your looks but your vibrations. Uh, make sure you uh, always maintain your higher vibe and stuff like that because it helps you look better, feel better, and plus we have so many things around us that can help us to keep that and maintain that. Okay, and then also the aches and pains. They do come for you, okay? The other night, I literally hopped out of bed with a Charlie horse. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, the aches and pains, they come. <laughs> they really do. They show up. But it's okay, okay, because there are so many things out there that, you know, you can do to help you with your pain and stuff like that with pain. What is my thing is dinging? Okay, but there are so many things out there that you can literally do to help you with those things. Great exercise and everything like that. I am I am on this kick that I am going to these next few months that I am really going to kick high gear into a boot camp. I'm like putting myself in a boot camp of how I eat my food and stuff. So I've been kind of like, <laughs> before I go in this big boot camp, I've been kind of a little bit, Binging on, like, some of my favorite things hasn't been bad, but binging just a little bit because I'm determined. I'm like, I have a certain goal I want to get to. I said, I got to cut the fucking plan out. <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost 50 in this joint, right? So I'm like, you know, I want to make sure. So I'm going I'm to use this, 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 this last year of 40s wisely and get this health all the way intact, okay? So, you know, so so the aches and pains won't be as bad <laughs> as I go through. So, I mean, you know, I've been just uh, getting ready, for exercising, and preparing for my boot camp, okay? So what I would say, the aches and pains do come, but, you know, and at 49 is different because they come different. <laughs> so people tell me that at 52. People who turn 50 tell me that same thing too, okay? And the next thing is, this is your chance to go for the impossible. And if you know what I what I mean by that is that we live in a time like I said it's a different time. I mean, you literally have a guy in his 40s, you know, playing football right now. What's his name? Uh, Tom Brady, okay? The best one of the best quarterbacks in the game. This 
we can right now we can do things that are crazy right now. You know what I'm saying? Because technology and um, and everything as a and 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 how we handle ourselves, medicines, everything has afforded us a like a greater uh, life expectancy and everything. I keep thinking about it. I think it was at the turn of the 20th century, like during the 1920s or something, like during the time of Spanish flu, like right before Spanish flu. Life expectancy, I think, at that time was like 48. <laughs> Can you imagine? We'd be heading to we'd be like considered old right now, like oh, like we about to fall out somewhere, right? But in this day and time, life expectancy, I think today is seventy nine, eighty. I mean, it can, it can, and, and now you're seeing older people living longer, uh, being more healthy, more active, and everything. Uh, this is a chance for this is your second half of life, so it's always a chance to go for the impossible, whether it's in your whatever career you're doing or going to a new career or going to a new spot. Forty nine is that age to where your forties you reevaluate anyway, but forty is a real reevaluation. It's right before that decade, okay, that you 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 put on the you put the real fire in, okay. So, uh, yeah, so it's our, your chance to go for the impossible. And the next thing is stay youthful at heart, okay, because always try. You know, one of the things is we can't help the way we will age. You will, as you live, the beautiful beauty of living is that you will age, you will get older, you know, uh, you you will get wrinkles, you will get things, things will happen. It will sometimes, and it's sometimes hard to get older, you know what I'm saying, Thing, you know, getting older is a challenge, okay? But the more we prepare for that challenge, I think the better off you will be. But I also think it's a matter of staying progressive and staying youthful in your heart and understanding that the journey of age and the beauty of age and life, you gain more, but you can still keep your youthful uh, energy as you uh get older, and I think Maxwell has that anyway. Maxwell has a natural use for energy. He's a Gemini, so eh, they have it naturally, okay? And be grateful. Gratitude goes a long-ass ways, okay? I got to remember that. I be trying to remember that my damn self, okay? When I be mad and pissed, I always remember, be grateful. It could be worse. <laughs> and remember that so many people did not make it to where you are today. I think of my life, and I think of some of my friends that I lost as teenagers, you know, we go went through the crack. We went through the crack bomb back in the day. <laughs> the crack bomb. Kids today don't know about the crack bomb, but the crack bomb took a lot of young people out. I remember going to funerals, people dying in the streets. And they were 17, 18. One of my close friends died when he was 17 or 18. It's so weird because he has a daughter now who's in her 20s or like her late 20s and stuff like that. So, I mean, listen, you know, so many people didn't make it to 49, but you did. How great is that? How dope is that? So be grateful and have lots of gratitude. Also, um, get I say get closer to God, be more spiritual, because as you age in time, you need God even more. You need the grace of God anymore. God is being so grace, grace God is giving you grace and mercy to still be here. I mean, lots of things could have happened, but you're still here and you're still doing you. So always uh, keep God close and stay spirit and be spiritual. Uh, as more as you, as more and more as you get older, because that wisdom will help guide you on the rest of your journey. 
And the next thing about being 49 is there is beauty in this journey. I'm telling you, it is beauty in it. Despite the hard stuff, <clears throat> when I wake up and I see, ooh, there's something I didn't see on my face. <laughs> oh, what's that hair doing there? That shouldn't be there. <laughs> or despite all the things that come with age, there is beauty in, in becoming older, and there's beauty in the in the journey. So those are my tips for things you should know about turning 49. It's all good. It's not that bad, really. It's not that bad, but enjoy it. Enjoy this last year of your 40s, okay? Happy birthday, Maxwell. All right, so now I got all that out the way. Let's get to the news. (laughs) It's a lot of news out here in these streets. Joe Biden. Joe, 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 Joe. The ratings is low. The Joe, the Joe's ratings are so low right now. And I talked about this the other week, but they've even got lower this week. <laughs> Cause why? Joe Biden's a hot mess out in these streets. Okay. Um. <clears throat> this is according to ninety-three point one FM. Excuse me. WIBC. It says President Joe Biden's approval ratings continues. Uh, approval rating continues its exciting and titillating downward spiral into the oblivion. <laughs> the big guy's approval plummeted to the lowest point of his presidency in May, according to a new poll from the Associated Press, uh, North Center for Public, Relation, uh, Public Research. The numbers, only 39% of U.S. adults approve of Biden's performance has uh, president, major driving driver, deepening pessimism emerging among members of his own Democratic Party. Only two in ten adults say that the U.S. is heading in the right direction, or the economy is good. Is good down from three in ten a month earlier. Those drops were concentrated among Democrats, with just 33 percent within the president's party saying the country is headed in the right direction down from 49% in April. Biden's approval ratings among Democrats stands at 73%. Y'all got to be crazy over there in the Democratic. Y'all still at 73? Oh, God. Democrats are nuts. They gluttons for punishment, ain't they? Uh, a, A substantial drop since earlier in his presidency. Less than one in ten approval of the president's handling of the economy. 70% of Republicans want Biden to be impeached after the midterms elections. <clears throat> Listen, I'm telling you, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I'm kind of looking towards impeachment myself. But you got Kamala. And, see, I don't know who works. I'm telling you the truth. I, that's, I just don't know. I'm, I ain't going to lie. I'm just saying, you know, I, I can't. It's a, it's a toss-up. <laughs> so y'all got to think about it before y'all get, uh, before y'all try to impeach Joe, think what's next. Shit. <laughs> Although she's too bright. <laughs> Her or Joe. Oh, my God. Speaking of the mess that's going on, China and the Taiwan mess. Oh, my Lord. Have mercy. Joe, today, talking about he was getting ready to defend. The United States is prepared to defend Taiwan, allegedly. He said something at a press conference, and that White House had to run it back, said, no, the shit we won't. <laughs> Joe was up there talking shit. Joe... They had to, they, whoever's in control at the White House had to call his ass back, okay? 
It's this is according to Bloomberg. It says uh, China's top diplomat again warns U.S. over its increased support for Taiwan, showing the island democracy remains a major sticking point between the world's biggest economies. Has Beijing sent more military aircraft toward the island? If the U.S. insists on playing the Taiwan card and goes further and further down the wrong road, it will certainly lead to a dangerous situation, Yang Jiqi, Beijing's top diplomat, said in a phone call with National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Yang said Washington should have a clear understanding of the situation, according to a statement posted uh, posted online by his nation's foreign ministry. China will certainly take firm action to safeguard its sovereignty and security interests, he added. The White House issued a statement on Wednesday uh, call saying the pair focused on regional security issues and uh, non-proliferation. They also discussed Russia's war against Ukraine and specific issues in U.S.-China relations, it added. The Yang-Sullivan call was the most uh, high-level contact between the U.S. and China since Joe Biden and uh, Ex Jinping, I don't know if I say his name right, spoke in March, their first conversation following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Ties have remained frosty since then, with the nation sparring over Vladimir Putin's democracy in Hong Kong, um, forced labor allegations uh, in Ex Chang's, and I think that's how you say his name, and a range of other issues, okay? Meanwhile, Taiwan's defense ministry said on, on its website that four people's that four People's Liberation Army aircraft, including a pair of J-16 fighter jets, entered its air defense identification zone on Wednesday, skirting close to the median line of, of, of the uh, of Taiwan Strait. China frequently lashes out at the U.S. over its backing of Taiwan, saying it amounts to interference in its internal affairs. Xi um, told uh, Biden in March call that the issue could have a disruptive impact on relationships between the two countries if not properly handled and has referred to China's quest to gain control of the democratically ruled island has a has an historic mission. <clears throat> now listen to this. China is trying to grow like Russia. Russia wants to grab back, you know, uh wants to grab back Ukraine, uh these are both uh, countries run by communism. Now, I don't think China would be talking this shit with, with, with straight up with, with uh, and it's not because China was running, uh, um, running. Uh, China was China. I mean, China does not run. Was not running um, uh, Trump like this. Trump wasn't having it. They even talking about that, you know, uh, Joe Biden is talking about turning, taking, uh, you know, uh, taking back the tariffs that Trump had put on uh, on the, on on China. Now, if he does that, we're going to know China's in control. And you know, one thing I can say about Trump, he had everybody foreign wise. He had he had mofo's in check. They wasn't going to try. They might have been talking saucy behind it, but they weren't going to jump froggy. Gee, that Gemini wasn't playing. You know what you know what the fuck they Gemini was going to do. <laughs> they didn't need it. They was like, oh, shit, we better leave this ass alone. He about that life. Y'all might not have liked him on the domestic front, but the foreign front, he was the business. 
He was he was handling motherfuckers on the front, foreign front, okay? I mean, say what you want to say about Trump. But Trump was handling this shit, okay? That one, they wouldn't go. They didn't know what the fuck to think of Trump. They didn't know they they, they didn't know if his ass was Harry S. Truman or not. <laughs> now y'all gotta look up that shit to find out what I mean. Yeah, you know if his ass was Harry S. Truman <laughs> and find out what Harry S. Truman did. Trump got that kind of energy, <laughs> okay? So crazy, Joe do not. Joe needs to see his, this is, you know, I'm scared for his old ass. I'm just hoping they find out one day. I don't know how they can ever find out this election was strong. Jesus, this is, we can see. I can. I know y'all threw that election. I don't care what y'all say. I'm sorry. I do not believe uh, Joe Biden won that election fair and square. And I believe there's a number of elections that could have been thrown. Seriously, I do. I believe it. there it is now. But, you know, I digress. People, people think that's impossible in America. I think it's very possible. It is what it is, okay? All right. <clears throat> in other news, what else we got to talk about? Uh, Mike Pence says he wants to run for president. Nope, and nope, and nope. I'm not going to even read the article. No, Mike Pence. You know you can't run for president on these streets. Shit, we got to be desperate. Your ass was so boring as vice president. I didn't even know. I forgot his name a couple of times when he was vice president. I did. I mean, I was like, who the fuck? What? Oh, Mike Pence. His ass is such a forgetful VP. I mean, maybe because Trump was so fucking loud and out there. <laughs> I'm like, where you coming from trying to be president? Please, man. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> so we don't even read that article, okay? <laughs> we won't even waste our time. Let's talk about Stacey Abrams this week, who is trying to run for governor <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, she's trying to run for governor in Atlanta. A number of celebrities, including my fave, love Stacey Abrams. Don't they? Y'all love some Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams has done a number of things I could consider problemental for the state of <laughs> for the state of, of 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 Georgia. I mean, one was calling for that boycott, and it ended up being a lot of businesses end up being hurt by the All Star Game not being there. She was kind of on the side of Major League Baseball. And, and then they, I think they were trying to call it back. They were trying to call them back to the city. But, I mean, they were the Democrats always get themselves, always, you know, they end up with a check they ask, you know, they, they ask can't cash. I mean, they always do some dumb shit. You know, not that I'm all that for Republicans, but Republicans do hold their ground. And, you know, here's this. this is what, what I will say about Republicans is, I agree with them sometimes more on a financial tip. But Stacey Abrams, I wasn't, it's this week, I'm not so upset about what she said, I mean, what she was saying in her speech. It's how she said it. So this week she made some uh, eyebrow-raising comments. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Okay. It says uh, Republicans are criticizing, this is from CNN.com. It says Republicans are criticizing Democratic uh, gubernatorial candidate for Georgia, Stacey Abrams, after she uh, skewered the Republican talking point that Georgia is the best state state in the country to do business when, it, when according to her, it's the waste, worst state in the country to live. Now, she lives in, in there. She lives there, okay? Now, she's saying it's the worst state in the country, but yes, she lives there, okay? Now, I mean, I would say we're supposed to be the best state, yet we're doing this. That's what she should have come from a positive talking point. 
but she was touched because as a politician, that's what you have to do. But she was pandering so much to her audience that she sounded very negative for a place that she lived. And I'm like, what? It wasn't that I was in disagreement maybe about some of the things that she said may have been happening in Georgia. It's how she presented herself. And this is the very reason I believe that they overlooked her for VP. Not that they got, now getting Kamala Harris, not that getting Kamala Harris was any better. I think Stacey Abrams would have been a much as better job than Kamala Harris. But, I mean, I think they saw in Stacey Abrams the tendency to kind of, like, not only over-pander, but kind of uh, maybe a little bit, I mean, just kind of go a little bit overboard. I think that's one of the reasons they did not pick her for VP, just my personal opinion. But let's take a listen to her. Her. Hopefully y'all can hear it. Y'all know how I be with this Sam, okay? So uh, let me listen, let y'all listen to her, a little bit of her speech um, that they're talking about. Okay, hold on here. Get the sound coming. Republican here it is. So it's hard to say to the people, 
this is, you know, to say a good, this is not a good state because you're going to use another candidate's going to come along and say, well, you benefited from it, you know. And you and you you're talking about it's the best place to do business, but yet you're doing business well, you're doing good, okay. So, uh, I would if I was her, I would have advised her to say, we're supposed to be the the greatest state in the country, yet we have. Yet we have we're not, we're the worst in mortality, and some of the things she's saying is on the decline everywhere. It's not just uh, Georgia, okay? But um, that's what I would have advised her to be more forth, like more coming from a positive. Say we're supposed to be this, yet for us to live up to our expectation has the greatest state in the nation. Not we're not the best state to live in if we can't blah, 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 if we're this and that. That's coming from the negative, okay? So you want to, if we're supposed to be the greatest nation, we are the greatest nation. Why aren't we living up to our our expectations? That's how you do that. But you do not come from that negative side because it's going to be so easy, which that the other, her her opponent has been out here and he's been on it. He been he been on her all day, and they've been saying, "Well, why don't she go where she go back to where she lived at?" You know, and they're gonna try to turn that around the race and say, "Well, if he's telling her to go back to Africa, no, he's saying go back to where she came from," you know, stuff like that. But if it's so bad, right? They're gonna turn that around on you because you said the state that which you live in, which you have multiple properties in, which you have ascended. In, in in politics and everything, you're saying it's not so great. Yet it's been great for you. So that's that that's that's yeah. It's gonna be not so well. I think it's gonna be hard for her with that. So hopefully she doesn't make any more gaffes like this for herself for herself for her campaign. But I actually do believe people should look more at Stacey Abrams. Um, I don't think that Stacey Abrams is. Um, I can. Consider her kind of a democratic pawn. I don't consider Stacey Abrams as a serious candidate. When I see, and I hate to say this, you know, because there are some celebrities who really mean well and who really get into politics and who, I mean, I just saw the other day Tashina Arnold, she 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 went out. I mean, I said, dang, man, she's going out on the limb. She went out for some of the new black media, like, uh, black Authority, Jason Black. She talks about him. She talks about uh, Tyreek and him. She talks about a lot of people who are off kilter. But you know, uh, she gave shout outs to people you know who are out here doing work and who usually have uh, who are grassroots and usually have a very different mindset of the current Democrats that are running. Okay, uh, because they're running for status quo. Democratic run, you know, and, and black people, we can't have that no more. We, it has hurt us. It has hurt us tremendously. And see, celebrities, sometimes, you know, not all celebrities be for the bullshit, but a lot of them do. And they'll get out here and endorse the bullshit because a lot of them don't got no mind of their own, and a lot of them want to be in the in crowd. I understand. It is so fucking hard. You know, it is, I was talking about, you know, joining this particular organization, uh, this week, and I have I have to really think about it, and I'm still considered joining it. But I was like, I don't want to lose my individuality because I am such an individual force. I just want that to just add on to be able to expand my uh, expand my um, 
people group and people I know and things like this, and I thought this organization would be good for me. But I'm also a very different and dynamic and very independent person in my thoughts and everything like that, and I don't want to get caught up into, you know, <laughs> where, you know what I'm saying, into having to think group think. I'm not a group thinker. So uh, <clears throat> sometimes I am, but very seldom I'm not. I very seldom I'm, I'm not usually. If you listen to the show, you can tell that. But one of the things uh, I was I, I was thinking, you know, yeah, celebrities get caught up into group things like that because celebrity is kind of an organization, right? In Hollywood, and all you know, you very see celebrities who think outside the box. So that's why I was like, dang, I can admire Tisha Tashina Arnold for saying what she said and promoting what she promoted on her Twitter. That's pretty tough. Uh, it is, most people have their, you know, if you're a celebrity, you're supposed to listen to people like, you know, um, Roland Martin, Jameel Hill, and stuff like that, <laughs> the regulars, you know what I'm saying, grassroots, you're not supposed to pay attention to, oh, there it is, there that, or something like that, but it, it says a lot, and there's a lot of black celebrity into that, because the white celebrity be all over the place, but black celebrity, it, it, it seems like it's not allowed to have a mind of its own. And if you get outside a group think, then you're you you pay the price for it. White celebrity, they have people who think all over the place. I mean, you know, I think Clint Eastwood's like kind of Republican, conservative. I mean, there's people all over the thing. Even though there's mostly white liberals who want Hollywood, but <clears throat> black people have a really hard time when they don't participate in group think. Black celebrities do. So it's always admirable to me when I see a celebrity who said, you know what, let me check out the grassroots. Let me see what they're saying. Let me see if I can agree. You know what I'm saying? And I put my, I put my, myself on the line, not, not being stupid, but putting myself, my thought process, because, I, you know, I feel like you pay a price either way. If you don't really think like a certain way and you're trying to pretend you think like a certain way, you're going to pay a price for that. And so, but I understand celebrity trying to protect what they have and stuff like that. But black celebrity particular, I'm always telling people don't go for black, sometimes what black celebrity or what celebrity is saying because celebrity lives very differently. They want to get invited to the White House. They want to be in the in crowd. It's very important for them. It's how they connect to people. It's how they meet people and stuff like that. And their world is built so much on self-preservation. That is very hard for you to uh, trust them to be outside of self and think about community. I mean, you have some that do, don't get me wrong, but even that sometimes is a game. I remember I was just talking to somebody this week, and they were asking me how I could like a certain person. They were saying, oh, you know, that's just a game they running. You know what I'm saying? They was out here <laughs> a few years ago <laughs> with white women. <laughs> I'll just tell you what they said, okay? And I was like, well, that doesn't mean they not for the community. And it's like they wasn't talking community shit then. They wasn't suddenly at, uh, doing community shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, maybe they're inspired by something. But they they were just like, no. They, they like, they totally canceled this person. They like, I would never, I wouldn't even, as a black woman, I wouldn't even show up at their fucking conference and stuff like that. So I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? So 
and they were just telling me that's a game. That's 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 on that's game they playing playing or whatever. You know, all of a sudden in the black stuff and everything. And I'm like, but you know what? If it's game, it's eventually gonna show. Like it's eventually gonna show if you have celebrities, if you playing games and you not really, if you use politics, politics, the real business of politics, which to me the real business of politics. It's helping communities, helping people grow. If you use, and listen, hey, we all use politics in some way and stuff like that. But if you use the real business of politics to in um, to help you look better or to help you this and that, it's just fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that that's not what's happening out in these streets. But you know, you never know with celebrity. That's why I don't pay no attention to them most of the time when they talk. Malcolm warned you about celebrity years ago. And, you know, I, and I feel like when you hear a lot of Malcolm's uh, talks, Malcolm X's videos, he always is warning against that. But there were some le- celebrities back then who put it online, who did, you know, even back in those days, like Muhammad Ali and stuff like that. It, what Muhammad Ali was saying, what he was saying, he paid a hefty price for that, you know, a hefty price. So uh, there are sometimes some celebrities who do go, who don't always buy into the bullshit. But I still tell people – be careful of just, you know, uh, buying into celebrity politicians such as Stacey Abrams, okay? Um, Black Lives Matter founder was doing, out here doing way too much. Listen, let me tell you something. I just want to say this because uh, uh, black folks never, most black people on the grass, uh, listen, most black people on, in, in the hoods and stuff all across, Black people in the barber shops, beauty shops, and everything. If you went in there, not celebrity, celebrities on a different agenda. But black people, we most black people never supported Black Lives Matter, the organization. Most black people like the hashtag Black Lives Matter because we're trying to say out here, and white people get this. We're not trying to say white people's lives don't matter. Y'all know that. Y'all be gaslighting people when y'all do that. Everyone's lives matter. That ain't nothing but trying to make you think you crazy. No, you know what we mean. You know that black life in America has always been considered cheap. Black, especially Adolf's life, okay, or foundational black America, whatever, traditional black America life has always been considered cheap, okay? And um, since slavery, since black people got here, so we always have to say black lives matter. They we matter too. Okay? We like the hashtag, but we peaked the organization early the fuck on. <laughs> most black people were saying they would shit early the fuck on. If you had been listening in the hood, most of the hoods and stuff were saying, mm mm, mm People that was reading up on them, people was already finding out the tea on Black Lives Matter very early on, okay? Uh, and, you know, Black Lives Matter, a lot of people say, was mostly supported by white liberals, okay? So it says, at Black, Li- at Black Lives Matter co-founder used 840000 of the group's fund to pay her brother for security services. And it was probably not, <laughs> and it wasn't probably just uh uh, uh, white white uh, uh, liberals. It's probably black celebrities. 
A co-founder of the Black Lives Matter Foundation paid her brother $840,000 per tax document. He was hired to help with security as organizers did not trust other firms with the matter. The tax filing details how the foundation spent much of the $90 million it received in donations. Now, a co-founder of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation used donated funds to pay her brother $840,000 for professional security services, according to a tax document filed with the IRS. The filing showed that Patrice Colors, the organization's one-time executive director, paid the sum of to Colors Protection, a company owned by her brother, Paul Colors. Paul Colors is also a graffiti artist, according to an artist description on Crenshaw Dairy Mart, an artist collective co-founded by Patrice Colors. He was previously filed in the New York Magazine's, magazine as BLM's head of security. Now, what I will say to this, and I know what a lot of black people, I remember I, be, I was on a call, I was on, a, not a call, but on listening on a show. A couple of years ago, I was listening to a particular black grassroots show, and they had already predicted, predicted this for Patrice Colors. A caller had called in and said, they don't understand, they're getting ready to get in real trouble because those donations, they mishandled them, they misused them, they've let a lot of um, people behind the scenes a lot of allegedly, a lot of people say there's a lot of black, white, I mean, a lot of white liberal influence and stuff behind the scenes who directed her completely wrong. Now she's going to take the fucking file, allegedly, okay, for whatever. And this was for just two years ago. I sat and listened to a show where a caller called in and had the tea on it. It was like, nah, it ain't going to be good. This ain't going to end up good. Because already early on, the local foundations, the local organizations have been complaining because they weren't getting any funds and any help for local things. But her ass is up here buying mansions and shit, okay? But it said, but listen, not that listen, not that you don't have that in white areas and stuff like that where a lot of people use they, these charities and stuff out here have, you know what I'm saying, have some bullshit. You know, charities, be they be running their money and I <laughs> <laughs> through their charity clubs and stuff like that. But in America, when you're white, you can get away with a lot of shit. When you're black, you got to dot your I's, your T's, I mean, cross your T's and everything. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it says, uh, Shamal Bowers, the Foundation Board of Security, told the Associated Press that Paul Colors Company was hired because the group, which often protests against law enforcement organizations, felt that its protection could not be entrusted to former police officers who typically run security firms. According to the tax filing, the organization also paid more than 969000 for a live event, design, and media production to Trap Hills LLC, a company founded by Damon Turner, who fathered a child with Patrice Colors. Now, she was giving a lot of her money and this is what happens a lot of times um here's what i'll say to this her brother it would have been okay a little bit if her brother had a background in security he did not uh and spending for an event would have been bad had it been you should have used the outside production and stuff because sometimes you do have to spend money if you run in charity events and stuff but a lot of times with nonprofits and charities one of the hard things to do is balance Events because events sometimes can cost more than they get in donations, so you have to be very careful of that. Okay, but 
And it says, according to an exclusive published by the AP, in February last year, the BLM Foundation received around 90 million donations in 2020 alone. Several black activists and supporters of the movement called for more transparency on how the money is being used. The, new, the newly reported filing, which covers the period of July the 1st, 2020, to June 20th, 2021, was given exclusively to the AP. It showed that the organization received a 79 received uh, received a revenue of seventy nine million in that time. The documents also said that the foundation has forty two million in net assets. The filing stated that BLM invested thirty two million in stocks, which organizers told the AP would help uh, to ensure the foundation's work <laughs> continues in the future. Another six million was spent on the Studio City home in Los Angeles that was meant as a retreat for Black Artists Fellowship. Organizers told the AP that the property, which has six bedrooms and bathrooms, a swimming pool, a sound stage, and an office space, is still being used for that purpose. BLM spent around $37.7 million in fiscal year in June 30, 2021, including payments to trap heels and colors protection per the tax filing. The documents show that... Um, that about $26 million was used on grants to organizations, local chapters, and families. This including grants of $2.3 million to the nonprofit organization Living Through uh, Giving Foundation, $1.4 million to the Michael O.D. Brown We Love the Sons and Daughters Foundation, and $200,000 to the Trayvon Marching Foundation. Now, they got almost, listen to this, <clears throat> They got almost over almost a hundred million. It seems like, and they only gave these people two. They only gave uh, 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 almost four or five million dollars to the local organizations, and especially the Michael Brown Foundation, which kicked the whole Black Lives Matter fucking thing out. <laughs> Woo! Oh Lord. Patrice Collins, who stepped down as the foundation's executive director in May last year, because she knew some shit was coming, did not take any financial compensation for her work in the organization to file and show. Hmm. That's what they say. I'm going to be interested in seeing how much more of this comes out. Uh, it already sounds like a hot mess when you've only given them about 4 or $5 million. This very chapter, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown were some of the, the beginnings of 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 organizations that I mean of situations that started this organization. You should have made sure they they were paid very well. I mean that's a lot of money, and that's just in 2020 they received almost 100 million. So who can, can we can't imagine what they received in 2019. <laughs> It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. But I, it was, it's something because I, you know, I had been on the show and I heard them. Somebody had already predicted this may happen with them, and I think probably if the more, unless they're protected by some heavy Democratic operatives, they might be. She might be in for a downfall. Okay. So when I come back, we're going to talk about Billboard Awards ratings were low as hell, okay? And are y'all just tired of award shows? Maybe that's really it. You know what I think it is? I'm going to just say this, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this more, elaborate on it more when I get back. But I think people are just, uh, right now, These a lot of the artists are forced. I mean, this the digital age has done something different. 
first of all, everything is through streaming. There's no fucking way to really. Can you really man streaming? I mean, it was hard to man, man record store, record sales, okay? But can you really man fucking streaming? Like, you just, how many times did somebody, an artist's song is listened to? Shit, you can be one person and listen to an artist's song about 300, 200 times. Shit, so it's not really giving you a good estimate and view of how popular this artist uh, popular artists are streaming services and digital age to me have worked to create an illusion around a lot of artists and this is just my personal opinion it's created the illusion of brainwashing the public more and more to certain artists that they're being and this is the big thing that you should be looking at right and to me, it's creating the powers that be in that industry are getting more artists that they can control instead of more talent. They don't care. I don't think they're fucking talented. I think they just care if they fucking go with what they say, you know. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk. And I think that's why y'all not interested in the award shows, because y'all ain't interested in the people who's on the fucking award show. And you know how I know that that was true? How they placed Mary J. Blige and Maxwell at the awards. They knew the fuck that people was not going to probably be watching that award. But who stayed in, but people, they got an extra audience from Mary J. and Maxwell. So they kept kept them almost to the end. That's how you know who has real pull and who don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, also uh, uh, we're going to talk about Juneteenth. Y'all are upset out here at these folks plates, selling Juneteenth plates and all that. But y'all know what the hell was going to happen. When they made Juneteenth a national holiday, it's going to become a consumer holiday like every fucking thing else in America. Shit, y'all better go to Walmart and buy y'all some of them plates. That's why I said today on my thing, I said, let me head over to Walmart and buy me a couple of these plates. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Hey, it is what it is. That's what y'all wanted. It's now a holiday, and every holiday in America, this is fucking capitalism. What y'all think? Every motherfucker's going to be out here selling napkins, talking about it's the freedom for me. (laughs) When I found that out, I was like, this is me. we crazy. <laughs> we crazy as hell in America. <laughs> it's the freedom for me, seriously. <laughs> we going to make we gonna make profit off of, off of slavery and shit. This is what it is, shit. I'm done. Y'all know what was going to happen. Don't act cute. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about monkey poxes here. Shit. Here they go. Okay, and J-Lo was upset that she got snubbed for the Oscars for, what that movie, what was that name of that movie she did? I can't forget what the name of the movie, we got a, we got, it's, it's a movie, it's the one with, 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 what's that girl's name? The, the rapper, Cardi B, oh Lord, we got to talk about this. I can't believe she thought she was going to do a award for that, Lord Jesus. We're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about Nick Cannon talking about he getting a vasectomy out here, I got time for Nick playing and um, young Miami and this other little girl out here arguing over Diddy's money, who's already split six ways. Shit, you, you girls, y'all got to be kidding. That eight hundred million, that it chat, baby, baby, that eight hundred million ain't worth. You know he Diddy's for the streets. Shit. Got time for this one. Yeah, we. We we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> When we get back. Okay, so this is Maxwell's birthday. It's all Maxwell tonight. Okay, we're going to play a little Maxwell and other people. But here's one of my other favorite ones from Maxwell. It's Ascension. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
my throat and I know y'all irritated by that oh my god I'm telling y'all okay <laughs> so uh and you know the pollen count some everything's been really hot so y'all excuse me for it like <clears throat> it's driving me crazy too okay uh but you guys just heard George Benson give me the night everybody before that Maxwell with ascension we're celebrating Maxwell's birthday here on the Colorado chat with show so we're playing a little bit of Maxwell here and there you know we probably gonna even play I'm in the zone. <laughs> Am I alone? <laughs> I gotta quit cracking on this. Y'all like that song. I feel that you don't what is it? Agree. <laughs> Do you believe that? What is that song about? I'm trying to pick what the fuck. What the fuck? What is off about? I know it's about sex, but what else is it? Like so, this is like a really high, like I'd like to find out what's behind those songs. Like, why did you, how did you come up, like, you sitting down, like, how did you come up with all? You come up with all. How the fuck did you come up with all? <laughs> I just would love to know this stuff, stuff like that. You know what? Y'all was asking me about hot tea that had, some of y'all was looking at my post about hot tea last week, because last night, that night, I got some hot pipe and tea. I got a lot of hot pipe with you. <laughs> but one of the stories, I can't tell y'all. I'm going to tell y'all in a blind item one day. <laughs> you remember when I used to do, uh, years ago, I used to do another show here on Blog Talk Radio, Dino. I used to do Dino's show, and I used to do celebrity gossip. And people who would listen to this show would write me all the time and be like, oh, my God, that blind item, who you, they be trying to guess who it was. I mean, like, I can't tell y'all who that blind item was, but listen, <laughs> it's really not a blind item, but I don't want to tell it. <laughs> it's not really a blind item because the person is so obvious on, on live of one of my, you know, my blogger people, friends, sent me this video. <laughs> and it was like, you want to know? <laughs> Check this out. And I was like, oh, my God. It was a chick, you know, she was she was hot about her ex. And she, it was something she said. I was like, wow. we you just, But it was some other tea, too, man. I'm telling y'all, some of the popular hot tea about certain celebrities be right in your face. It'd be so funny. But I can't tell y'all that tea yet. I'm, gonna put it, I'm trying to figure out how to put it in a blind item because this show, let me just say something about this show, <laughs> okay? I have a little cult following a little bit, but one time, you know, we it, we had the all of us. We we when we started doing this show, me, Brandy, DJ, and uh, Paul and James. We used to get. I mean, we were the like I know some of y'all used to say we had breakfast club before it was breakfast club, but we were more silly. But listen, here's the thing: probably the off kilter one. I mean, you know, we, we never were status quo, but. When we started doing this show, we used to have lots of 
uh, bloggers listening, uh, celebrities listening. Some people still do. Uh, it was what it was. I mean, <laughs> and we used to say some shit, and sometimes that shit people be, be mad at. <laughs> but you know, uh, I can't even tell y'all a certain R and B singer, not Maxwell or anything like that. But back in the day, I had said some things. <laughs> And then people like Roby was like, "Yo, like, why do you? I mean, you kind of, why would you say that? You know?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Hey, I got a right not to like him, but I mean, you know, it's something. It, so you never know who's listening. So what I will say to this is that I will put it in a blind item <laughs> because it's not blind. <laughs> but I don't think too many people know us on the internet because this person." who gave this, and she even actually gave it as a blind item, okay? Uh, she doesn't, she, 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 I mean, she, it's probably not a lot of people that notice it, I'll just say that. <laughs> even though she's be, even though she's bigger than this show, I mean, but it, uh, it's serious. I, I think if people would have noticed it, it probably would have been like, whoa, what happened there? And people would have, bloggers would have probably started digging a little bit more. Because it's like this story, this story is like it's one of the people that's not hardly in the blog. So I'm gonna put the tea out there, but I'm gonna put it in the blog. How <laughs> do I give you that? Because I can't explain it now where I can get it in a blind. <laughs> that's it. But I ain't gonna tell y'all the other tea. The other tea, I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna say that about that. But this tea is like something I can tell y'all and put it in a blind, and y'all. <laughs> Y'all might be like, oh, okay. Y'all still have a hard time guessing because, like I said, <laughs> it's, it's right in your face on the Internet, but it's hard to find. <laughs> but I got friends that be searching shit out. They be like, ah, let me tell you what you got. Let me, you see that? So, yeah, I'm going to put it in a blind. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll put it as a blind item, okay? Because because I don't ever know who's listening, all right? Uh, let's see. Uh, Billboard Awards. Let me see. These record low ratings has awards struggled to come back from the pandemic slump. I do not believe that's what's going on. I believe that <clears throat> a lot of these people, award shows, first of all, they don't know how to make it. They don't know how to put people in the proper category. You would think Billboard would know the fuck they was doing because they are the charts. Well, Billboard don't know what the fuck they're doing. They put they, those kind of and the weekend over in R and B, so that tells you a whole lot right there. Um, this is not fun to watch. I mean, the most exciting thing I saw was Janet. I forgot to say Janet on my post too. Janet Maxwell and Mary J. After that, it was over for me. I mean, there's nothing else I want to see. None. Know what I noticed, and this is what I talked about. I was talking about this earlier with somebody with somebody. I said the game is rigged. I mean, can I just say this in life? <laughs> so the, the the monopoly board game is rigged, okay? And I was talking about how, like, major league sports, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, this is in fact, but it has to be rigged. I said there's no way they can. A lot of teams would be able to survive if not. And I see the same thing with record companies. At some point, you know, I read an article the other day on here about how older music was more popular amongst younger 
generations than than a lot of the new music out today. And order because as artists get older and stuff like that, in order for I feel like the music industry to not you know to survive at some point. They have to rig the game for certain artists. That's just what I believe. This is my personal opinion. You have to rig the game for certain artists. At certain point uh, in a career, which I think is ageism, because I think if you're still able to be out here and compete, you should be allowed to compete uh, in, in music. If you're still out here, not just compete, but if you're still out here making great music and you're still out here, artistry, in my opinion, has um, – we we've done a great disservice to the art seen on the youth because there the arts are so. I remember I was in class. I was in this beautiful music class a couple of years ago, and I think I told a job about it on here. But a couple of people in that class that were musicians, and they had a family group. Uh, they sang folk. Gospel, uh, old Southern gospel, white people. I loved them. They were dope in class. They went around singing from uh, singing cities to cities, sometimes packed places and stuff like that. And they were there to learn more about their craft. And they were, uh, this couple was at least in their 60s, and they had been singing for many years and just still doing their thing. And that's the beauty of artistry and the beauty of music. Music isn't just... Um, For the youth, uh, and I think you do yourself a disservice in understanding. Specifically, I'm talking about music, but the artistry of of of, of understanding music. You know, I grew up in a house with my grandparents. My grandparents were musicians. They sang. They used to travel. They used to take me with them. <laughs> I remember I was a little girl out selling my grandma's record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like that. So they were gospel singers. And uh, I grew up around a lot of the arts. I started singing at a young age myself. I don't sing as much anymore. I don't even know if I can sing as well anymore. <laughs> but I used to sing a lot. So, uh, and my grandparents always stressed to me how important it was for me to know a variety of genres of music. They didn't just, you know, even though we, I, that we loved, you know, I, my grandparents were gospel singers and they were uh they like soul music and stuff like that. It was important to them that I understood. I knew country. I knew jazz. I knew all kinds of things because they said you limit yourself. Music is bigger, you know what I'm saying, than just this art form. And music is such a beautiful universal language that it can it moves across the world. You know what I'm saying? It's just a beautiful language, and it just happens so black music in America moves across the world and stuff like that. But I do believe that, that the executives in the music business and stuff do a great disservice to the arts by trying to hustle older singers out real quick, you know, because they old, their young ones ain't catching on. <laughs> or they can't get the young ones that's really good to come up. Or they want to control more artists. And so one of the ways to punish an older artist who is right at the point of getting ready to get masters and getting ready to get this and that, they'll say is to kind of just not promote them or not do this. I just, I I hate that. As long as an artist is valuable out here and doing their thing, 
They should be loved and promoted and be able to move in all things, all, all across all genres. And I know that the history of the music business has always been, in some sense, to promote to the youth something. But I really feel that it's gotten more youth-oriented. I remember when I was young, this Generation X, and I would say we're the last generation that were probably guided by our parents musically, and that's why the 90s music was so good, was because, you know, even though we had young people who we like, like New Edition and stuff like that, uh, there was still a guidance of the parents, you know, at the barbecues, the parents. I always talk about this on here, was controlling the music. So you got to hear a variety of music. So when I was growing up, Generation X, we had a variety of people we liked. We, I mean, Generation X was listening to Charday, Anita Baker. When you look at that, that's a jazz-oriented sound or, or something like that. It was very mature for teenagers, okay? But because we came out of generations that where we were, we were still cross-generational in our music, where parents see today with, um, with, the, with the challenge of the digital world, kids can go up in their room and listen to their music, don't have to be bothered with their parents' music. It's more become self it's even self has become more and more a thing. I mean, not to not to say that the youth didn't have movements uh, among uh, among Generation X. So of course, there was hip hop was a movement. Um, uh, uh, what's uh, uh, I forget the other uh, music that that the rock it was a, another kind of rock. I forget what it was, but there was there's always been different types of influences of the youth. But I, the difference was that there was still a cross generational pool in terms of you still were influenced by the other generations because your parents were still very much a part. You got to hear your parents' music in the house or your parents guided that musical journey. And I feel like today we've come into a place where it's just so much youth being promoted and not only just youth, but trash, you know what I'm saying? And there is no guidance from the elders in music. And so, um, when I say the game is rigged, I'm saying that, you know, there's sometimes a rush to move in the next big thing for youth culture and stuff like that. And we're not teaching the youth. Like I said, that, that the future is shared. If you, you, you're, you're not, you're not going to be in the future alone. The future is always shared. And so with younger and older, and so uh, there, there has to be an appreciation for all types of music. I mean, I remember as a kid, one of my musical influences was not just, my grandparents, my great-grandparents and stuff like that. My mom sings, everybody kind of sings, my uncle, people like that. But it was um, going, and my great-grandparents sang. But going to my, um, going to, I used to go have, I had this family moving next door to me. They had a big family, uh, the Fishers, and I became really close to this family. And their matriarch was Miss Fisher. And Miss Fisher introduced me, like, to the blues like nothing else. Like, you know, I had already known the blues because my grandparents, but Miss Fisher would have that, that DV heel, <laughs> cheating in the next room, you know, if I could stop me on the telephone, all that stuff. And uh, Millie Jackson, <laughs> all that stuff. And I remember going over to the Fisher's house, and I was an old, so I sit on the porch of Miss Fisher, and I just be over there listening to Blues Hour with her, and we'd be just talking about the blues, and everything like that because, and I feel like that was such an influence in helping me love music in its 
purest form, like in its purest form, like, you know, gener- across the generations and stuff like that. Or sometimes here, my grandparents play 50s songs or 60s or going over to my great-grandparents where they play grand country music or uh, some gospel, some country, you know, Patsy Cline out here playing and stuff like that. So I feel like that is, it's the sad part of music that we're missing today that's kind of cross-generational flow. And so I think that when billboards, when now it's not fun to watch the awards because it's almost not a connection to the artist. It's almost sort of like, and the artists sometimes don't have a connection to the award shows. And now it seems more, um, I don't know, like a narcissistic vibe at the award shows. I just feel like there's just it's just not the same. You have so many entities that shows you now that the game is rigged, and I think people can feel it and see it, and they're just not that interested in it. And, and that reason they put artists like Maxwell and the Mary J dedication and stuff like that to the middle is because that's how they kept their audience. Uh, one of the reasons they got old ass Diddy, <laughs> oh sick, is because Diddy is a throwback to the uh, 90s, and he was part of that 90s, you know, remix era and stuff like that, you know. So uh, the last generation of great music, I say, because I, not that there's not any great music out here now, but it's the last generation where it was promoted heavily. And so, um, yeah, kind of sad. I hope y'all get what I'm saying about that. But I'm not surprised to see the billboards go down like this. But it says Sunday's good. And not only was the billboards roars down, but uh, Oscars, uh, Grammy Awards were down this year. So, yeah, I, I, I think art, they were slightly up. I think they were down. I think it was down, though. Uh, it says, Sunday's Billboard Music, this is according to Forbes.com. It says, uh, Sunday's Billboard Music Awards on NBC saw the lowest audience in the show's decades-long history, becoming the latest award show to suffer decreased ratings this year. The three-hour-long award show garnered an average of 2.11 million viewers, according to the preliminary data reported by Deadline. The audience has been on a steady decline for years. Last year had 2.8 million viewers. The 2020 show had an average of 3.6 million viewers. And the 2019 show had an average of roughly 8 million viewers, according to the RAP. In 2020 and through 2021, most award ceremonies were forced to put on hybrid or totally virtual shows while the pandemic raged. And the audience has still not returned that full force. That's not what's going on. They've been on a steady decline for years. And I don't believe it had anything to do with the pandemic. As a matter of fact, first of all, I know people don't think people like virtual shows, but people was trapped in the house. <laughs> so it's, it's, to me, in some senses, their rating should have gone up. But I think most people didn't like what they were seeing. Okay. Um, but it says the Oscars, which aired in March, had their second worst rated show this year with 16.62 million viewers. So the audience increased 60% from last year's record low show. April's Grammy Awards received 9.5 9 million viewers up slightly. So I was right. It was up slightly. I thought it was down low, but I think it could have been up slightly. So 2021's record low, 9.23 million. The 2021 Golden Globes also suffered record low numbers, only reaching 6.9 million viewers because of the controversy surrounding the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which put on the Golden Globe Awards. NBC decided not to air the ceremony this year and instead poured down the version of the show. Uh, show was broadcast online. <clears throat> you know, and listen, I just say that, there, first of all, I feel like, like I said, a lot of the stars are forced that they have nowadays. Um, 
we are in an era where I think that a lot of people don't want to find real stars because real stars, not real stars, and what I say is real talent is hard to control, okay? Uh, you can control it, but sometimes, you know, I feel like they've learned from artists like Michael Jackson, Prince, and stuff like that, artists who are super smart, uh, musicianship, and stuff like that. But I think they would rather have put out here cookie-cutter artists and control them like puppet strings and not artists who really are attached to their work and stuff like that. But I will say this, okay? Shout out to BMG because BMG, the Maxwell, I would just say this, okay? So they just, they just promote the fuck out of Maxwell. I, 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 saw, I saw Maxwell on something today. I was like, what the hell are you talking about him on something today? And I ain't hardly ever seen Maxwell being talked about so much. I mean, yeah, about when the Pretty Wings was out in 2016, Lake by the Ocean, this is a lot. So it tells me night is coming. Thank you, Maxwell. I can I can start following you back eventually on Twitter and <laughs> Instagram. My protest is I don't follow him, Maxwell. Twitter, Instagram, and stuff. So I see them, damn it, night. <laughs> I said, dumbass, you gonna put you gonna you gonna not follow him, but go to the concert. Shut up. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, but uh, yeah, I feel like night is coming. So I'm excited about that, okay? But, yeah, I see, I've been seeing a lot of promotion of him, you know, uh, suddenly. And so that tells me probably the album's coming out. So they've been doing a good job of promoting uh, him, as especially being turning 49. But, you know, I feel like men don't have it as tough as women, especially when you're still a good-looking man. You know, women trying to promote themselves in their artistry over 40 is hard. <laughs> because especially now everything – it's so much more youth-oriented, unless you're a person like Charday. Like Charday, when she come back out here, it's going to be mayhem in these streets because Charday is one of those artists who takes time out. When Beyonce comes back, it'll be a little mayhem. A lot of it will be fake. No, 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 no. Let's tell the truth here, okay? A lot of Beyonce is hype. But, uh, yeah, it's hype. Don't get mad. I said what I said, okay? Uh, but I am glad she's taking a break. I mean, I kind of missed her at, uh, at the couple of the awards. I was like, yeah, I kind of missed Beyonce. Shit, I ain't said that much because you know her asses be everywhere. She didn't take it. But her ass is actually taking a break. Good for you, Beyonce. I, is this a part of trying to be Sade? <laughs> you got Cody Bay's ass out there doing you. You said, shit, I'm saying they're arrested. I'm making money off her little ass. She's talking about Beyonce told helped her uh, like her body more. I said, yeah, bitch, because she got you the new one on the block. <laughs> I love you, Chloe, but you the new hoe on the block. Beyonce, like, get out there on them, get out there on them, on them, uh, on them uh, 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 musical corners and sell that. Uh, what's, she, what's that song? Uh, why keep talking like that? <laughs> All these ass up spitting my things. I said, she's like, sing that shit, shit, so I can get my check. <laughs> You don't see gang, little color. You don't see gang. <laughs> yeah, I think about to be sure they up in here. Come out here trying to live with a ponytail and, and a little bit of summer show and try to floss across the room and be your mommy now. She don't want to come out dancing and shaking her ass no more. <laughs> She's trying to put you up to it. <laughs> you the new her. <laughs> so I figure we in the... We in the Sade segment of Beyonce's career? Are we in the Sade segment? 
That's why the album taking so long. The music taking so long. She tried to be Shredder. This was the last album moves of that. What year was it? Was it 2017 or 18? It's been a while. Look at her. Oh, this is so proud. <laughs> Let me get back to it. It's going to be high. Be happy, pissed off with me right now. I'm sorry, that time about that queen. Okay. Now, y'all upset about Juneteenth, okay? Y'all upset because they were upset because cause, cause they were selling great value. <laughs> y'all said that nerve y'all selling great value ice cream with Juneteenth. <laughs> Hold it. Which I, listen, Negroes know y'all be buying some great value, okay? <laughs> This is according to Black Enterprise. As Juneteenth approaches, social media is uh, spiraling regarding rumors about Walmart's release of a celebration edition ice cream to highlight federal holidays. Folks are outraged, deeming this move racist and exploitative. No, I ain't put that ice cream back on the shelf, uh, 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 Walmart. I'll come get some shit. I was going to go get some plates, too. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to tell y'all in a minute. I know y'all surprised, okay? I'm going to be honest. Okay. The Juneteenth ice cream features a swirled red velvet cheesecake slice. <laughs> the card shows an image of two black hands with yellow, green, red, and black background. The major retailer left consumers with a message on the container that we share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. Twitter users are displeased with Walmart's audacity to even trademark the National Independence Day that commemorates the end of slavery for all black people. One user called it gentrification. <laughs> the gentrification of Juneteenth is on the way, brought to you by at Walmart, Coria Davis. Uh, I'm also looking at the little symbol next to Juneteenth with so many uh, questions. Ty, do you not have a trademark uh, attorney who advises against this, or do y'all not care? Listen, people, I'm going to break it to y'all, okay? Let's see, y'all going to be mad when you can't find no Juneteenth cups. And so when you start having your little Juneteenth party, now we always celebrate Juneteenth, especially in Kansas City. You from Kansas City, from Texas, and stuff like that. We always Juneteenth was always in Kansas City. It's changing to Texas, so I don't know. But for for the new people coming in Juneteenth, y'all gonna be mad at the barbecues and y'all can't get no, y'all ain't got no Juneteenth cups and stuff like that. And maybe I I, I hope to see more black companies get on in on it. But y'all know what the fuck is gonna happen when they make Juneteenth uh, a holiday? It's gonna what is it gonna do? It's gonna become consumer like every other motherfucking holiday in America. America is capitalism, okay? And so they gonna capitalize off slavery. I mean, they capitalize off the off the American Revolution. What the fuck? Do out of force? They, they, you know, how I much mean? blood was shed during the Revolutionary War. They don't give a fuck. They out here popping firecrackers. Yay! And and shaking things. They don't give a shit. People barbecuing. America freedom and all that stuff. Even though it didn't mean freedom for everybody. We are asses enslaved. But but so you the next freedom day, eighteen sixty five, is slavery. You think they ain't gonna make no money off your asses? <laughs> oh yeah, I got America twisted. Juneteenth. I said, let me go down here and get some of these paper plates for the barbecue. <laughs> y'all mad. Y'all mad. Listen, because I know what the way it is. You can't stop it. You ain't going to stop it for a minute. You 
only going to stop it for a minute. Unless you got, if you plan on putting, selling some paper plates, y'all better, if you want to get in on it, y'all better get some, start creating some Juneteenth paper plates. Somebody had the nerve enough to put on one of them napkins. It's the freedom for me. My ass, I've been trying to get them napkins too. Let's get some collector items right here. <laughs> It's the craziness for me. But this is what's going to happen. Y'all knew it the moment Joe Biden made it a holiday. He knew what the fuck he was doing, too. <laughs> this is more money coming in. And you think I'm going to be mad when you can't get the Juneteenth cup? And the place? Oh, dang, it'd be nice if we had some cups <laughs> for the barbecue. Shit. I, I know what it is. I'm going to go down there and buy me, I might buy me a couple of places because you know why? I understood when it happened. I knew shameful has it all years and stuff. I, all I can say is eat your ice cream and enjoy it because this shit's going to happen. Go ahead and get you some great value cheesecake ice cream and get you some plates for the barbecue. Y'all really looking real cute. And if you're a black business and you sit and you should get in on the mayhem and, and get you some cups out here, Design some cups and design some napkins, and please don't put it here. Put on there. Uh, not it's the freedom for me, <laughs> but get in on it. Why you can't? Because Walmart they gonna stop for a minute. They took the ice cream off the shelf allegedly because of all the complaints. That's gonna be for a second, okay? Because if I know y'all, I know my people. I know. Listen, I know Adolf Foundation of Black America. I know y'all. I know y'all. I know y'all. Some of y'all was like, some of y'all today. One one of my friends put on Twitter today said she went to one of the stores where they were selling uh, the napkins and stuff. Said they were sold the fuck out. <laughs> Cause I know y'all. Y'all said I'm going to give me some new place for the barbecue. <laughs> y'all had the Juneteenth place out on Memorial Day. Shoot, I'm done with y'all. That's why I can't mess. That's why I know I don't mess with y'all when it comes to because it's a consent. They gonna make it a consumer thing, just like everything else. Okay, just like everything else. They might as well throw fucking. Listen, even for uh, 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 the Civil War, the what's the what's the people, the Southerners, the Southern people. You think you know how much money they make off of uh, off of the Confederate shit? They <laughs> <laughs> They still be buying that shit, Confederate flags and shit like that. They sell the shit out of that shit. You know they're going to make money off of, uh, off of uh, us, okay? And slavery. Yeah, I know it's shameful. It's sad. And we're going to be out here buying them paper cups and plates too, okay? Let's quit playing, okay? Quit playing. Quit playing. Don't try to be all woke. <laughs> I'm woke, but I understand who the fuck y'all are, okay? It's going to be paper plates out here. Y'all going to be out here. Y'all gonna be out here. Y'all gonna be out here with the duty paper plate. Plate. Listen to this. Listen to that. Listen to that. Who else I gonna have at the play? Play it. Y'all know how y'all do. Don't fool me. Try to say I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Meanwhile, they got the store. We y'all got some of that Juneteenth uh, bought ice cream. Walmart gonna get a Walmart gonna put it back on the shelf. Because they got complaints today because Twitter was woke. But give it about two weeks, Walmart. They're going to be calling you. Say, you got some of that Juneteenth ice cream? <laughs> it is what it is. We can't stop it. It's now a national holiday. You're going to have to celebrate it and oppose the ancestors in the best way you can. 
Okay, but now it has gone. The Juneteenth has gone the way of July the fourth. Christmas, <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving is all you need to know. Okay, Halloween, Valentine's Day. It's all. It is what it. Martin Luther King. <laughs> It's just in January. If y'all can barbecue, they have paper plates and stuff for Dr. King, too. He <laughs> quit I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry I'm not taking this seriously. I know y'all want me to be more woke, but I know, I know, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this monkey pot value this week. Oh, they got to, don't be trying to ruin my summer talking about no monkey pot. Joe Biden with your clown ass, what are you going to do about monkeypox? Because I got places to be, things to see. God bless. God bless me to be out here this summer healthy and strong. I'm going to be out in these summer streets. <laughs> I got some shit to see. <laughs> I got plans. God bless. <laughs> Try to do some stuff. Don't start messing it up with monkeypox. Joe Biden is going to go monkey pot. This is his old ass is. Everybody should be concerned. Fred would be consequential. Huh. What the fuck are you doing, Joe? President Joe Biden on Sunday said an outbreak of this rare disease, monkey pox, is a concern because if it were to spread, it's consequential. They haven't told me the level of exposure yet. Something that everybody should be concerned about, Biden told reporters before boarding Air Force One to fly from South Korea to Japan. We're working on it hard to figure out what we do and what vaccine, if any, might be available for it. Jack Sullivan, Biden's national security advisor, later told reporters that the U.S. has vaccines available to be deployed. Sullivan said Biden giving regular updates from his health team about the evolving situation. Nearly a dozen countries are investing, investigating atypical outbreaks of monkeypox, a disease that comes from the, the same family of viruses of smallpox and is typically found in Central and West Africa. Now, what did I tell y'all? What did I tell y'all when COVID just first started? I said COVID was a trial. Okay. I told y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all. Don't be mad. Because even the COVID numbers, I feel like, are inflated. But I think we're going to find that out in later years, okay? Because the reason why I say the COVID, not that people weren't dying, especially if you live in places on the West East Coast where it hit really hard, so to you, it seems bigger, but really, I believe, like, they were they were literally, we, we know in articles and stuff like that, they weren't keeping great numbers with COVID. I mean, they were saying if people came in there and died of a car accident and they got tested positive for COVID, they put COVID on the, on the uh, thing. And, you know, that's crazy. So I think in later years, we're going to find out that a lot of the numbers were hiked up, okay? But um, I think it's going to be much later. But I do believe it was a trial run for this other shit we got to see come through. And I don't know if it's money, but monkeypox is going to be the shit, but it's going to be some real shit, I think, happening. You know, that's why I be, hey, I be, yeah, listen, I be trying to play Psalms 91. Y'all remember Psalms 91? He who dwells in the secret place of the most high guy. Shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty, because you're going to have to be saying that prayer. Psalms 91, because it's crazy up in these streets, okay? You don't know what's coming down the pike up here, messing with these crazy people, okay? And it's it's just it's craziness, man. It's, 
Twilight Zone. Okay. Uh, and literally the Twilight Zone. Because if you see some of the Twilight Zone old shows, if y'all watch the Twilight Zone, y'all big Twilight Zone being like me, the Twilight Zone, the Twilight Zone always has a lot of futuristic shows that have to do with today. Like they, that, they were thinking, they were thinking far ahead. And you see some of the same shit we got going on now on the Twilight Zone. That's why I say we live in Twilight Zone. <laughs> but it says a vaccine developed against smallpox has been approved for monkeypox. For several antivirals also appear to be effective. But according to CDC, there's no proven safe treatment for monkeypox virus infection. The illness usually lasts several weeks and can be fatal. Lord, we're going to have to pray. Now, they've already had several cases break out in the United States in about four or five different states, okay? So watch your ass out in these streets, okay? And I don't think you can put on a mask. I don't know if a mask is fine, but they say it's hard to catch it. So people are saying it's not as spreadable as something like COVID. Uh, hopefully they explain what that means, how it is, how much you eat, how that may be. Let me look and see if I can see on here anything. Monkeypox spread. How spread? And they said it's not like COVID. Uh, okay. Ooh, that's gonna stop a lot of y'all. Y'all old nasty asses from out here doing orgies and shit. <laughs> oh, I said monkeypox likely spread by sex at two raves in Europe at first day. Ooh. Woo. Ooh, that's going to stop some shit right there. Oh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Monkey pot is going to stop some shit. Ooh, that's not going to be good. Oh, that's not gonna be good. Y'all gonna be watching who y'all had a sex with now. Oh, it said said during the press call. Let me see. Oh Lord, I'm trying to look. Oh well, now I can read y'all what the article in Europe say. Okay, it says monkey. And this is according to Huff, Huffington Post. It says uh, Dr. David Heyman, who formerly headed <clears throat> who uh, emergency department, told the Associated Press that the leading theory to explain the spread of the disease was sexual transmission at raids held in Spain and Belgium. Monkeypox has not been has not previously triggered widespread outbreaks beyond Africa, where it is endemic in animals. We know monkeypox can spread when there is close contact with lesions of someone who is infected, and it looks like sexual contact has now amplified the transmission, said Jaime. The mark, that marks a significant departure from the disease atypical pattern of spread in Central and West Africa, where people are mainly infected by animals like wild rodents and primates, and outbreaks have not spilled across borders. Health officials said that the most of the known cases in Europe have been among men who have sex with men, uh, but anyone can be infected through close contact with a sick person, their clothing, or bed sheets. Scientists say it will be difficult to disentangle whether the spread is being driven by sex or merely close contact. Mm. 
said, by nature, sexual activity involves intimate contact, which one would expect to increase the likelihood of transmission. Whenever a person's sexual orientation or ir- irrespective of the mode of transmission, said Mike Skinner, a virologist of Info College London. Ooh, now y'all got not only super gonorrhea and shit to worry about, now fucking monkeypox out here. He's gonna stop a lot of this wild shit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, y'all little eyes wide open parties. <laughs> my nose, yeah. But you know what? Listen, I always wanted to go one, to one of them, uh, the sex clubs. I Listen, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I watched this show, The Horrible Decisions. And yeah, Horrible Decisions, they were talking about this guy was on there one time, and he was talking about this sex club. And I was like, he said, you can just come in to observe. And I'm nosy as fuck. I was like, if you go in there, what the fuck is y'all doing? But this shit's not about that shit. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna be running around. Ain't gonna be no sex parties. <laughs> that shit's about to stop. That shit's about to be rare. <laughs> With this monkey pop. Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't believe super, super gonorrhea. Y'all didn't want to believe in the, uh, what's the other one? The super, the super, the super gonorrhea, herpes, super herpes, the herpes thing. It was something else that came out here, too. It was another disease. I didn't, y'all didn't pay no attention to that. Y'all was like, hey, kept on doing stuff. And COVID scared the shit out of some of y'all. But now, <laughs> y'all planning on getting back out here wild and out. Monkey Pop said, wait just a damn minute. <laughs> Monkey Pop said, the hell y'all will. Y'all think this about to be in a roaring 1920s the Cotton Club? Y'all got this, y'all got it twisted. I got something to say. <laughs> oh, damn. I can't go to my Pandora's. What is it? The Pandora's, Pandora's box. Go to one of them clubs. I'm nosy. I'm a Scorpio. I want to see. I just can't understand. I'm like, you know, what does, what is that like? What do people do? Why would people have sex? I, you know, I, I, people having sex in front of other. You know, I'm, I'm just curious. Not that I, I would not participate because I, I'm a, I am a Scorpio in that nature. I like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't. Why would I want to have sex with somebody random, like a bunch of random people in the club? It just seems nasty to me. But I'm that kind of Scorpio. Now there's other kind of Scorpios. We like that shit sounds great, but for me, no. I'm like, mm, that's how. That's not how I feel frequently. <laughs> However, I am nosy, <laughs> and I will walk through one, <laughs> right? <clears throat> we'll check it out, okay? Yeah, I will watch. I will be looking like nothing. That's one of the things. You know what? My, I told y'all on this show, okay? This is gonna, gonna be like, oh, Carlotta, listen to you later. That night, you learned so much about you, Carlotta. <laughs> listen, okay. I always wanted to go. My like. If I could get in the time machine, they say, where do you want to go? I'd be like, this is the craziest shit. You think I'd want to go back to, I'd like to go back a lot of places and see a lot of things. But if I can go in a time machine, you know, just for a minute and get to see the time, I say, take me to Studio 54. <laughs> I'm falling dreams about Studio 54. Oh, God, I'm, I'm intrigued by Studio All this they would say, God, at Studio 54, I had intrigued. I'm like, take me there on the most decadent night. I want to see what the fuck is happening. <laughs> I'm that nosy. <laughs> take me where Michael's ass is there. <laughs> Michael was real fine when he was there. Okay. Take me there. I just want to go. 
What day ever see the chicks I was doing at Studio 54? So that's, <laughs> that, that, of course I would walk through a sex club. <laughs> if I walk through Studio 54. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hilarious, okay? But monkey pox ain't funny, y'all. So be careful out in these streets, okay? Um, what's next? Uh, J-Lo, Okay. <laughs> Uh, now, J-Lo, they guess they're doing some sort of documentary or something going on on Jennifer Lopez. I don't know what's going on here. What's this about? Hold on, let me see here. Um, cameras caught J-Lo's heartbreaking reaction to getting snubbed at the Oscars. This is according to uh, uh, Good Housekeeping via MSN. It says, the trailer for Jennifer Lopez's new Netflix documentary, Halftime. Jennifer Lopez just dropped, and it looks super juicy. The doc will give viewers an unfiltered look at J-Lo's life behind the spotlight, and the trailer includes some pretty emotional footage, including J-Lo seemingly crying over the Hustlers Oscars. Girl, hold on. See, I was nice on my post. I got to tell her the truth. Did you really think Hustlers and Jennifer Lopez was going to give uh, an Oscar? Girl, get the shit out of here now. One thing, that's just, you know what? She thinks that 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 she she riding that's a, now with the one place thing you should have been and I don't know if she was nominated for Selena she should have been nominated for Selena she was really good at Selena but girl if they didn't nominate your ass for Selena and I'm not sure if they did or not you know the shit they weren't gonna nominate you for no damn hustle <laughs> quit playing out these streets she later says, I do this not for an award. I do this to be able to connect with people and make them feel things because I want to feel something. My whole life I've been battling to be heard, to be seen, to be taken seriously. I ain't going to say that. I like Jennifer Lopez. I really do. But there, I, there's a lot of reasons why some people don't take you seriously. <laughs> And, you know, and I think it's there's the rumors behind, you know, we all know the rumors about the musical career, okay? I mean, you know, some people say allegedly certain people, certain songs weren't saying, but I'm going to leave it. Allegedly, there be some millions and millions going on out of these streets, but I digress. Allegedly. Okay? Allegedly. Could be a little bit why people don't take you seriously. Now, I do think you're a good actress, a great dancer, and stuff like that. <laughs> and sometimes in the music and show business, you know, they can pick, they they can convince people to do some shit, right? You know, they, you know, they ass can't sing, but you convince they ass that because they can dance. You say, you know, can you get you might just do a little song, the album. <laughs> that be fucking with people. That music industry be fucking with people, and they make people big too, because her ass got big, okay. And she has a beat beats on some music, but you know, listen, Jennifer, there is I don't know why I don't I think there's reasons why people assume they're not taking you seriously now. If the rumors are true or not, I don't know, but I'm just saying. It says the trailers include tabloid tabloid headlines that J Lo's had to deal with her entire career, and Coon claims that she's a serial bride. We also see none other than Ben Affleck sit down for an interview where he tells cameras, I said do her once. I said, do her once. Doesn't this bother you? And she said, I expected this. FYI, J-Lo has a production deal with Netflix, which was announced back in 2021 with Deadline Support with fan feature film TV series on scripted content. content. Oh, okay. 
I hope it works out with Ben. What would this be? What marriage would this be? Is it number five, number six? I don't. Let me just say this. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it works out, Ben. Maybe I'll say that for another day. But shit. I don't know. I don't know how. I feel funny about that being out there, too. You know, she just wants the love. That's one thing I can say about her. She she loves love. She's one of those chicks that just she's passionate. She's a she a Leo. She she wants love really bad. And I'm a Leo. I get it. Uh, especially passion and stuff like that. You know, um, and she's had a number of marriages. I mean, a lot of. I'm just a profile. Shit. And probably, and they ain't even talking about the men she just was hanging with for a while. Shit. I mean, sometimes, you know, hopefully, hopefully being athletic is the one for her. Okay, you know? Hey. I mean, I need to get married four or five times since taxing as fuck. I mean, shit. This is very one. I'm like, damn. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I can't imagine people getting four or five times. <laughs> I see, I never said the two, the second marriages, but shit, these four, fivers, sixes, and sevens, how the fuck are you If it ain't working out of you might want to take a break, shut the coochie cat down, chop down, and figure out what's going on here, because, you know, you know, I mean, seriously. We get back. Nick Kane talks about vasectomy. Nick wants to Nick, who you fooling out here? Who else I got to talk about? TikTok store has surgery to remove a vibrator of a. What kind of vibrators are y'all find? Bobby Brown's wife wants us to forget about the relationship kind of, you know, he had with Whitney. Girl, now listen here. I'm for you being with Bobby. Something you really do with Bobby. And I did catch in Bobby's movie that you was the one that convinced him to marry Whitney, which tells me a lot. But <clears throat> in that bathroom when he almost didn't want to. But listen, cause nobody's ever going to forget Bobby and Whitney. They was iconic shit, okay? You can't, that can't happen. You married a dude. Where the shadow of that relationship is gonna loom. It was, it was so much. Bobby and Whitney was a, a, a was an iconic toxic moment in pop culture. And it is what it is, sis. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit more when I get back and play a quick song. Hopefully, I have time for y'all to talk about this when I get back. Uh, meanwhile, let's look. Uh, okay, wait a minute. Okay, I don't think I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to not go away, okay, because I, I don't know if I have time to do this. I'll keep it going, okay? So let me, okay, let's go to, uh, <clears throat> we'll talk about, we'll talk about Nick Cannon, Nick Young Miami and him. Okay, let's do that. Okay, Nick Cannon. Talking about he wants a vasectomy out in the streets after nine, or ten babies, whatever he got out of there. Nick. Nick asked, I ain't looking to populate the earth, is what he's saying. Nick Cannon, according to New York, Nick Cannon talks of sex to me. I ain't looking to populate the earth completely. Okay. Okay. 
Looks like Nick Cannon is done trying to populate the earth. The 41-year-old father of seven, soon to be eight, revealed to E-News Daily Pop he got a consultation to go under a knife for his vasectomy recently. I don't know if I would have designed it this way, but it's one of those things when you're blessed with gifts of children. And as we all know, I've been through so much. I find solace. I find peace in my children. I find purpose. Uh-huh. The Wild and Out host explains, so I'm not out here looking. He continues, I already went and got my vasectomy consultation. I ain't looking to populate the earth completely, but I'm definitely looking forward to taking care and loving the children I currently have. Well, that's good, Nick. I'm happy for you because, listen, it is serious business having children. And, I, you know, I think you're going to have problems with eight because you're in show business. And it's hard to deal with several baby mamas in several homes and shit like that. I mean, you know. That's hard. That's hard. It's hard to deal with one family, but let alone when you got to go several different ones to visit, and you can't just throw money at. It's some shit in families you just can't throw money at when you got children. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, good luck. Babies are a blessing, but I'm I'm sure that shit's gonna be tough, especially when you're in a business like file. I mean, like show business. It's gonna be hard to father. That's why I would say to you men who are in show business right now, <clears throat> get you somebody that you're going to stabilize with. You're going to be having these babies. Don't be having no babies all over the fucking place. It's hard to maintain one family, let alone. That's these things. I know y'all be stressed the fuck out. Y'all got eight, nine baby mamas. Shit, I be, I be stressed for some of these things because, you know, women can be taxing. Shit, especially when they all in love and be pissed at you and stuff because you over here with baby mama number two today. You over here with that baby mama number three. Baby number number four. That shit, that shit. As a man, I'd be, I'd be, that shit would be too much. And it's high ass inflation out here. You piss out one of the baby mamas, they taking you to court, and you got to pay that high ass child support. Y'all crazy as fuck. You, some of you celebrity males are crazy as fuck. Fuck to be going around here doing these chicks without condoms. Y'all crazy. So it's chicks wanna, it's chicks wanna get set set up for life for some of you 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 you, you dudes out there. You got crazy. I be condom. I be wearing ten condoms. I be like hell no. You you damn that. <laughs> you ain't getting me trapped out here. So I can go. And it's hard. Think about your future wife. Okay. Stop. Let me say this right now. If you plan to get married, some of you don't plan to get married. And shit, that's fine. With shit, but okay. But for those of you who plan to get married, think about the woman in your future, the woman you have, you're gonna be in love with, and you got all these baby mamas. Her ass gotta be head of a village and deal with all your, all you, all your women. Shit, this is just mad because he, he. It's already they done chose you because you a celebrity. He done chose you, so people are already going to be mad. Let alone when they all a bunch of baby mamas. The baby's too for that. Shit. People piss as hell. Sierra, Sierra got away. Sierra, you are the chick. I was watching, wait, side boy. I was watching that song by Sierra Body the other day, the video, because I used to like that song. I was doing this little dance. And she, and on, this, on that video, she did this dance. I said, people are going to learn that dance. I'm going I'm going to do that again. Future was a damn fool. Future, you was a fool. I, I said, damn, I was like looking at that damn fool. Damn, I know you crying somewhere. And Russell Wilson somewhere else now. 
And she was willing. Here's the thing. I know she's in love with his ass because, you know, it's two Scorpios. They have fucking chemistry, too. Ooh, in that video. I know Russell Wilson hates that video, you know, because that's when you can see her mother. You know, it's always one. It's one man to come along. It's one man that makes you just, like, turn into a sexy vixen. Using the dog, the rook, rook. He turns the arrow into a vixen because you can see, you see arrow. She, she going down on it. You can see she was doing that dance for real. That's fucking was She was intense. She was there. She, she, she was feeling. He brought her out. He brought all that sexual energy out. Only for her to take it with Russell Wilson, but she was willing to be with him with four baby mamas at the time. That's all he had. He had four baby mamas, but she was willing to handle all that. She was the arrow. Okay. She was still Sierra, and she's willing to give her all that shit. That's how much she loves his ass, okay? Chemistry was hot. I ain't going to lie. I felt the chemistry. But now she's kid. Take more than chemistry to keep the chip. And think about your future. Like, future didn't think. Think about the women in your future, the woman that you're going to meet. Don't be going around out here having a bunch of babies, and she got to deal with the shit of the baby mama, baby mama number one, Colin. He ain't taking care of this, this, and that. Bitch, fuck you. Some of that woman want to deal with all that. They already going to have to deal with a lot just marrying your celebrity ass. Let alone if you out here just populating the earth like Nick Cannon's punk ass. He ain't thinking about no future ass because he probably think he ain't going to get no married. But Nick can find one. I saw one that probably uh, that was on his show. I was like, Nick, don't do it because you're going to be caught up. <laughs> Because it's, it, it's going to be a woman that comes along and catches you up. <laughs> and her ass ain't going to want to deal with no, all these baby mamas. Speaking of women fighting over men, a man with a bunch of children, my young Miami, and what's the little uh, a Filipino girl? What is she Filipino? She said she had black. The, uh, Who's out here fighting over Diddy? Who's out here fighting over Diddy? Really? I know he worth eight hundred million dollars, but it's split in six ways. I mean, fuck. I, I guess you feel like you gonna get some crumbs that fall. God forgive me for using scripture, but from the master tape. I mean, I take some crumbs <laughs> that fall from this table. Oh, that's better than nothing. Listen, it's, to me, it's better options out there. Less headache, better options, young Miami. And plus, I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there about Diddy. I mean, are you just competing? No, let me shut up. <sighs> Girlfriends feuding over him. It's according to TMZ. Diddy is all about love these days. Maybe a little too much because two women in his life are going at each other now after both were in Las Vegas where he hosted the Billboard Music Awards and one corner City Girls rapper, Young Miami, and then uh, the other, Diddy's news model, Gina Haya. Okay, is that his <laughs> Diddy just throws that word around, okay? Uh, Miami was BBMA's, uh, has a, uh, BBMA's as a presenter while Gina was very interested spectator. She posted from the show saying, Baby Daddy is hosting Billboard Awards. Uh, Diddy after party hard Sunday night with Young Miami, but got things got messy Tuesday when Gina shared a pic of Brother Love's lips on her cheeks and prompted Young Young Miami to fire off more than a subtweet. 
somebody please give this bitch some attention. Attention, bitch, I am the attention. Let's be clear. See, she shouldn't have said nothing. See, I ain't got to say nothing. Listen here. If I know I'm the head chick, I know I'm out here. He 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 right here with me. Ain't shit. I got to say to her, bitch, keep keep seeing baby daddy and everything like that. Everything. I know who I am. I'm young Miami. I got it going on. I ain't got to be uh, subjecting myself to her, talking shit to her. Why would you do that? You didn't, she didn't even have to say shit. But she went on. I'm that. I'm. I am, and that's why I fuck with your something ass. At something, and I ain't coming off him. I don't care how many pictures you help fuck. Get that head, bread, and leave. <laughs> and then it got nasty as Jeannie Miami to die on male genitalia, not Diddy. We're guessing and not, and eventually close your own rap song. Okay, listen. Everybody want to be a rapper. Hold on. Young Miami, listen, you ain't got to deal with all this mess. There's a lot of greater options out there. And Diddy, Diddy, Puffy, you know. I don't, you should tell the truth. You for the truth. You ain't, you ain't got that. But love ain't trying to sell down. Love ain't trying to sell down. Okay? Love is out here doing all kinds of shit properly. Okay? Love was probably my even with another girl while y'all was arguing. <laughs> you got to know when somebody's for the street. Some good thing. You know, you just, you know in your head, you know shit. It's great. Hey, but he is for the street. I am clear on that. He's not going to settle down. And some men will be kind enough to tell you. Have you ever had a player fall in love? Have you ever seen? I have. I have. I <laughs> and he, when we, we were dating, it wasn't that serious. And really, I wasn't like the other girl. I kept my relationship very solid. I didn't really even, I wasn't really even, I wasn't having really, I was doing all the chicks, things the other chicks we're doing, if you know what I mean. Okay. It was just great conversation. Nice day. She's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not really settled in. I'm like, oh, sure. I'm, just, hey, I'm out here hanging, hanging out, having fun. Huh? Okay, you're not ready to settle down, so you ain't going to do no settle down shit with me. <laughs> right? So, because I didn't put myself out there like that, this mug was like, when I'm dating other people, uh-uh, no, we, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> I don't, I want you out here dating other. No, you're, you said <laughs> that you want to be out in the streets. You for the streets. <laughs> I can, I can hang out with you for fun. You for the streets. God, man, he was hot. He wanted to settle. The, he was ready to, that, that's what, you know what, young Miami, that's what you got to do with Jimmy. You can't take him seriously. You got to let him go. You got to let him be for the streets. And let him know, and go about your business. Don't take him seriously. Don't be arguing with him on social over with him on social media. He won't come. He won't come through like that. It's the ones where you let them be who they are, and you know you just there, or you just have a you entertained by them, or you have a good time with them, or whatever, or whether it's good sex, or you like them. They're a great kissing partner, or they're great to hang out with because they're a lot of fun. But whatever you do, don't take they serious, they ass as serious if they whining and dining bitches all over the place. I mean, really? Seriously? And especially when they're Diddy, who can just fly in bitches from all over the world. You know, and he doesn't seem like he's going to settle down. I heard a man once say, he, 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 <laughs> I was watching this interview of a rock star, and he said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a cheater. 
And then he went on to tell his favorite meals to cook rice. And one of the meals he said was breakfast. I said, your ass is a cheater. <laughs> You're a player. You think, if you think that, if one of your favorite meals is a big breakfast, he sold that off. And I like it. Oh, yeah, I do breakfast very well. I said, oh, this motherfucker. Like, yeah, that's what got me able to hear player code. <laughs> I said, girl, don't believe him. His ass a player. Well, hilarious when they say they think they favorite meals is cooking breakfast. I had one celebrity tell me one time, we went out to do this was years ago. I went out, he was at a bar, celebrity was there. And this was his life. He was very popular to me. I can't ever say anything. Can I fix you breakfast in the board? And I was like, I looked at her and said, Are we serious right now? First of all, you ain't at home, so how you gonna fucking fix me breakfast? You staying in the hotel. No, you cannot. <laughs> I mean, you know, now you take you to breakfast, get breakfast in. I said, is that the line? Is that the line you're about to tell me? <laughs> and listen. I was fine, fuck, baby. I was like, was I, how was I? I was like, my, like my mid-20s or something like that. Shit, I had this cat suit. I was listening. You couldn't fuck with me back then. I was, I had my Holly, Holly Berry cut. Bitch, I was I was fire. <laughs> he was he he was trying hard. I mean, he was. I was like, no, you cannot. I mean, I got home. His ring. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, you sure about? Like, fuck! It was tons of other chicks there. No. What the fuck do you think this is? But the reason I can do that is because, listen, I had a few I went out here playing with everybody. Now, like I told y'all that story yesterday, Carlotta, why you, you told the other woman she should have went with the uh, the, rock, the R&B story. Yeah, but I wasn't in a desperate situation where I had to choose no fucking, like I wasn't out here playing fucking with pimps and shit like that. That wasn't what I did. I had, I had, but no. <laughs> but that was his line. Can I fix you breath? At a fucking hotel. How you gonna fix some <laughs> You're still on the lines I laugh about to this. And I've had a lot of <laughs> signature passes come at me. But I was up. And they had some lines, but that shit was funny. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Man, I didn't get to Yaya Mayweather's birthday party because they said, Lord, she was running around wearing her. Her her mugshot on, child. That ain't funny. It wasn't funny. It wouldn't have been funny if that chick would have got killed. But I digress. Uh, uh, also, we talked about Bobby. I didn't get to talk about Bobby. His wife. His wife upset about the reason he's saying money out of you know. So that ain't gonna happen. Okay, that's how we can end that. Um, the TikTok store that had to remove the vibrator. Maybe I'll say some of these. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, this is crazy. You have to move the vibrator. That's embarrassing. You go to surgery. I think they didn't. They didn't know it was stuck up her, and then they when she woke up from the surgery, it was a vibrator there. And <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> That's some embarrassing shit. You get that vibrator stuck up your ass, okay? Seriously, you want to vibrate your stuck up your ass? 
I can't read. I don't have time. And then the man proposes uh, to the widow, to widow at husband's funeral. Oh, my God. We got to save these stories. Oh, my God. I only got two minutes left. And then y'all going off about LeBron James. Son dating the white woman. Listen, he ain't got no. Who you think is mostly LeBron James kids? LeBron James kids, see. Okay, calm down. Even though I do think it's up to the parents to make sure their kids get Jack and Fields or some places that that where other wealthy black kids are so they can get to know. But it's hard, okay? It's hard for black parents that are wealthy, okay? So uh, yeah, we're at the end of the show, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me like you do every week. I appreciate y'all so much. Remember, you can hit me up on the Call Out Travel Facebook page, CC uh, 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 Chatwood Show on Twitter, C Chatwood Show on Twitter, and uh, Call Out 72 on Twitter, and Carly underscore Galaxy on Instagram. Thank you, guys. I'm leaving out with Bad Habits from Maxwell. See you guys next week, and I'll try to get to those other stories. I may try to do it in overdrive. We'll see, okay? I'm out. See y'all. <laughs> we leave it with bad habits. Happy birthday, Maxwell. I'm out. <laughs> my butt surgery to remove it this is according to TMZ 
I have to read the story because I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> My nosy ass again, okay? But uh, <clears throat> let's see. It says, uh, a Tic Tac store's pleasure turns into real pain in the butt, literally. She said she got a sex toy stuck up there and had to get it surgically removed. The woman who goes by the handle at Sofazalos and lives in the UK shared her horror story and even posted an x-ray image of a vibrator inside her body. The TikToker says things got out of hand when she was using a three-inch toy, and when she couldn't get it out, she saw medical help. Oh, my God. <laughs> she said she couldn't go to the hospital that night. It ha- the night it happened, so she tried sleeping with the vibrator inside. Oh, shit. Uh, but the toy continues to buzz. <laughs> Not buzzing from the coochie. <laughs> As you'd imagine, that makes a serious tossing and turning. This ain't funny, Lord. Help us, Lord. When she finally went to the hospital the next morning, she says doctors struggled to get it out, and the only option was a surgical procedure. The woman says she worked from surgery to find a vibrator next to her in a plastic bag, and to her surprise, the thing still has some batteries. <laughs> That's some strong shit. What kind of vibrator is that? But the thing was, this was a good ass This vibrator was still buzzing in the coochie. Hilarious. <laughs> the shit. The shit that goes on in the world, okay? She's probably going to be on that stage. I watched her. It's a show that I watched, like, how sex, it used to come on late at night, how sex, how sex led people to the emergency room, and it was some funny-ass stories on there, okay? Hilarious stories. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was some crazy stories. Funny as hell. Okay. Okay. What's the, is there another story we talked about? I said, um, LeBron James' son. Okay. Y'all was upset because LeBron James' son took a white woman to, a little white girl to the, to the, um, to the prom. Y'all treated him like Maxwell. Y'all treated Maxwell when he was growing that white body. Listen, white body. Well, y'all said, listen, listen, wait a minute, buy your ticket. That's my favorite. That is the funniest shit ever, but <laughs> that line was, I know Maxwell laughed at that line if he saw it. My ass, when they was arguing back and forth with Maxwell, and they put that left that was funny as hell. But that was just as hot. But let me explain something, okay? LeBron James probably is in an all-white neighborhood where there's mostly white kids around and everything like that. And what I would say to black celebrities, if you can, maybe y'all need to get a group like a Jack and Jill or something like that together where your kids can interact and know each other. Because it's important for you to, to culturally make your kids aware of other kids culturally because <clears throat> it's going to be hard to do that. You know, it's not like in the, back in the day, you know, I remember back in the day in the hood when, you know, I had cousins who lived in the suburb and they come to the hood to visit their family and stuff like that. <clears throat> it was a different time because people had family in the hood. But a lot of times now, a lot of y'all are moving to these really white, exclusive neighborhoods, especially if you're super rich like LeBron. You're probably not going to find a lot of black people out there. So you're going to have to take time to make sure that your kids have some connection to the culture. 
And there's a number of ways to do that, like Jack and Jill and stuff like that are creating celebrity enclaves with other black celebrity children and stuff like that. But you really are going to have to be, even my friends who ain't super rich, but who have had kids, their children move to the suburbs and stuff, have this problem all the time. They say, hey, because we don't got a lot of, you know, but they, but a lot of times when I talk to my friends, sometimes one of the things they failed to do was making sure that their kids had a, was culturally aware. Now, I have a girlfriend who's done great with that with her kids. She's made sure she married, she, you know, she had her kids in Jack and Jill. She had her kids in all kinds of things. And they, they, became, they were very aware of the, you know, of other black people, uh, and they they stay close to their family and stuff like that. So it, they weren't separated from. You talking about LeBron James' child? He's in a whole different class. And so don't 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 beat up on him so bad. You know, sometimes a lot of black parents sometimes don't know how to do that, nor have the time. But I will have to say, it is up to the parent to make sure that your kids have a sense of culture. And I'm not saying the LeBron James family don't. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's probably less likely. It's probably where he lives at and where he's being raised in. He's being probably raised way different than LeBron James who was raised in the project, okay? His kid is coming up, has a basketball star son, the top basketball player. So it's and, – and there's very few black people in those areas, okay? So it is what it is, all right? Uh, I was gonna tell the story about this man proposing to a widow, <laughs> a widow at her husband's funeral. But I seen this shit from the other day, y'all. <laughs> There's a crazy shit going out out here. And Osaka troubles. Osaka, uh, Osaka. What's the girl's name? Who girl? Osaka, the one who she she lost it. That's that baby. That baby needs to sit down. Osaka. What's her name? I forget that. Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Mm-mm, baby, sit down and rest. They they trying to bring that little girl Coco up now, cause uh, Naomi ain't ain't here to carry it through, carry that money through. So they they trying to go on Coco go. Up. I saw her on something the other day. I said, uh oh, they she, they get ready to put the pressure on her to carry Kenny. But Naomi, baby, go on rest, girl, cause, cause honey, it's clear mentally you're not ready. <clears throat> rest, child, rest. All right, and then Bad Boy 4, we'll talk about that probably story. I'll add it to some other stories later on. But you guys, listen, enjoy your night. Have a good one. And I will see y'all. I don't know when. I'm going to try to take a break. I thought y'all going to take a break. I'm going to try to, okay? So y'all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your uh, week. And I will see you all. I mean, I will talk to you all soon, okay? Enjoy. I'm out. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.